Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You are now listening to the Save Cast, the number one old-school RuneScape podcast featuring guests from all across Gellinor. To support this podcast, visit the Patreon link in the description. All right, welcome to the Sebe Cast number 121 with Autumn Elegy. Autumn Elegy, how are we doing this fine afternoon? Doing pretty good, man. It's nice to be back. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it's just crazy how fast time flies by because like, I had just gotten Mod Sween and Mod Aiza back on, and it feels like I had them on just earlier this year, but... It's seriously been almost two years for Sween, and it's just like, holy crap. Time literally flies. Yeah, my last episode was 42, and this is 121, so it's yeah. crazy that like, you're, the number of podcasts you've done has tripled since then. Yeah, it's 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 crazy just how like being a little bit consistent with something, like it, it pays dividends, honestly. like It's just cool to look back in the catalog and see how many people I've talked to and have gotten to know just through this so yeah yeah it runs the whole gamut of runescape players mm-hmm. and uh there there's definitely going to be players that are uh, so i need to like almost restate this so back when the cast first started i was really looking forward to getting people on for this for like their second appearance and stuff and i didn't i didn't have the pressure at that time to have like new guests come on all the time because there are people that literally are so bothered by the fact that I'm getting repeat guests on without getting through like guests they want on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of tough. It's a tough balance, but I've just kind of chosen to just kind of talk to who I want to talk. I still, I still want to like get through a bunch of the guests I haven't gone on. I have like a huge list of just so many creators and so many other players that I haven't gotten around to, but yeah, I figured it would be fun this week to talk to you, especially with some of the things that are going on with, like, <clears throat> there's not, like, too many big things regarding, like, integrity with the game, but I figured it would be fun to just re-sort of go over, like, how you see the game and how, I don't know, just how you see, like, the game going right now and uh, just talk about a bunch of other things that you've been up to this past, like, year and a half, two years, so... Yeah, yeah. I re-listened to my my first episode earlier this week just to see where I was at then, 
remember what we talked about. And I was definitely approaching the game a bit different then than I am now. So it'll be fun to get into that a bit more. Was there any, so what was the thing that maybe stood out to you the most that you've changed your mind on since then? Well, I don't know if I've like changed uh, opinions about the game, but I'm just playing a lot more than I was then. Mm. Uh, that was, it was sometime in 2021, right? That we did the last yeah. podcast. And I was playing, I was still playing RuneScape on the free to play ultimate, but I was playing like 10 hours a week or something like that. Like I was just playing very casually. Um, whereas now I'm playing a lot more. So that's, I guess, the biggest difference. That's crazy to think that you're actually playing more like, I mean, obviously you were playing a lot less, so there's really only up from there. But um, yeah, so what made you kind of like re-motivate to grind longer hours per week? Well, it's kind of like the, uh, yeah, I just got sucked back in, I guess. Like I wasn't playing very much and then had some IRL friends who wanted to play a group Iron Man. So I joined them and I played that for a few months. I got up to, I was basically just following the Osiris guide, got up to RFD and a little past that on the guide. And then I think, I think sometime during then I started, uh, AFKing fleshies on the free to play ultimate, just to make some progress on the account. And I was starting to do that more and more just cause it's so easy to AFK. So I was like, may as well just do it during work or during whatever else I can do it on my phone. Like, why not? And then my friends uh, stopped playing the group Iron Man when Elden Ring came out sometime last year. I think it was like January or February. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, then I just went back to playing the free-to-play more hours than I was before. Because I was playing like a decent number of hours in the group Iron, but I wasn't really like EHP nerd-necking it. I was kind of just like logging in for more time in the evening than I was before. And then with the free to play ultimate, it's just, it, it sucks you in. And like the, the EHP is actually something I enjoy on this account, which isn't really the case for my main anymore. So it kind of feels the same as when I was like going hard on my main back in, you know, like 2016, 2017. I'm so, I am literally so glad for you. Like that is actually amazing that you can kind of like relive those feelings. Cause I know like watching back your youtube the last time i did that was like like probably around the time i asked you to first come on the cast i was just listening to like those old rambles and it's just such a different vibe like complete and it's not just you it's like other skillers as well back in those days it just was like kind of the golden era of skilling when <laughs> it was kind of like it was more respectable i guess like around the community like xp actually meant something i think the turning point for that was just inferno and chain like all these raids and like more pvm stuff coming out but there was a time i think when getting xp was like pretty cool all across the community all across the community um yeah it's it's definitely not as not as big a thing now as it used to be like mm -hmm. people playing top hours on temple it's not comparable to how many hours people were playing back then and I think there's just not as much interest because all the ranks are gone. Like, mm -hmm. skilling on a main, the only way you can really stand out is by getting uh, temple records, you know, like six hours or yeah. day, week, month. Because the high scores are just completely full. Like, 
who cares if you get rank 120 mining or 130 mining like it doesn't have the same the same appeal as when me and aj were like going crazy to try to get rank two i know that's it just kind of sucks almost that i mean it doesn't suck necessarily there was just a time and it was going to end at some point when there's no more racing for rank ones and you know just yeah top pages. It, it, it's an inevitable thing like yeah. it, if the game if, if skilling hadn't become easier maybe it would have taken longer and maybe there'd still be a bit more interest but it's still it's gonna happen eventually like there's just people are gonna play the game and get xp and the ranks are gonna fill up eventually yeah i remember so, there was a video where you were kind of almost regretful about you having maxed your main account before just actively hunting 200 mils. Um, yeah. Yeah, there was a little bit of like that. I don't know what it is about it. It's like almost like a trophy account to just not ever max. Like yeah, a sleeper I think, account build. I do like that. That's what I'm doing on my free-to-play ultimate now. Is I'm, I mean, like, There's a lot less incentive to max because there's no max cape with the insane arcs and everything yeah. but still a lot of people on free to play iron man they play with like the maxing goal or free to play rank but i kind of prefer to just like i've already done that on my main it's a very different experience to max on a free to play iron man but uh i, I prefer to just sort of train the skills that i like and go for post uh, 99 xp in those skills first because it just it's more interesting. It's more fun to me. I kind of like sticking to one goal for a longer period of time than like skill hopping around so much. And if I had a do over on my main, I would do the same thing. Like, I would just skip all the viables and other skills that I don't really think are interesting and allocate that time into the skills that I like. Yeah. So how is your free to play ultimate right now? Because yeah, you seem to be grinding pretty hard on it. What's your current grind for those that don't know? Uh, I'm working on 200 mil fishing and cooking when I'm actively playing the game, which honestly isn't that many hours. The The grind that I'm doing now is not really the same as I was doing back then, but in terms of actual EHP gain, it's pretty similar because I'm also AFKing uh, woodcutting and fire making at use, and I do that like a lot of hours a day while working and doing IRL stuff. Mm. So that adds up to a lot of EHP. Um, so I'm working on basically four 200 mils at once. Um, fishing and cooking when I'm playing the game, woodcutting and fire making when I'm AFKing. Um, and it's going pretty well. I think I'll finish them sometime like first half of next year. Damn. So is the, uh, like, obviously there's not a official high scores for free-to-play UIM that you can just clearly see. There's like third-party sites, I'm assuming, or just Temple, I guess, you go on to. Um, yeah, I mostly look at Temple, but there's also F2P.Wiki, which is like a more dedicated free-to-play high scores site. Um, it's a little bit more uh, unpolished in terms of like the um, like current top and EHP calculations and stuff like that. So Temple is more accurate, but F2P.Wiki has some cool filters and it's more kind of like free-to-play focused. Is it... But, is it pretty competitive uh, right now? Like, do you, are you competing with somebody in a way, like a friendly way, or is it really just your own grind that you're doing? Uh, it's. I would say it's not highly competitive, but there are maybe there may be like ten or so free to plays who are putting in like 
fairly significant hours and then a lot who play like more casually you know like 20 to 30 weeks i've been climbing pretty quickly on the free play scores um but yeah there there are a few beasts and they're just some people who've been playing so consistently for so long that it's like going to be pretty much impossible to pass them okay i gotta ask this is like sort of a bigger topic but what would be something that came out to free to play that would <laughs> not to be so negative but what would make you basically <laughs> quit like an update that would just ruin your motivation to grind well that was what i was afraid of with below ice mountain um because when they first talked about it it sounded like it was going to be the new meta for free to play iron man for like almost all of skills and that would just that would just suck. I don't know, like basically basically making almost all skills unrecognizable. Uh, that would definitely demotivate me a lot. Because on this account I I am actually going for EHP, like I will do whatever is efficient unless I like really don't enjoy it. But like most of the EHP methods on free to play Iron Man are actually fun in my opinion, which is a huge reason that I like it. So it would suck if some update came that like totally changed all of that okay but nothing like i, I know forestry is coming out and it seems like you've been pretty up to date with what's happening in regards to free to play is there <laughs> anything that scares you there yeah so forestry i mean i've been keeping a close eye on it because i've yeah, i have a lot of hours in wood cutting and fire making so i you know care because i don't want that to get flushed down the down the shitter um so it sounds like it's not gonna have a huge impact ehp wise because i think most of the stuff is gonna be pay to play um tree mechanics are just gonna make it more afk but not faster and the forestry events it looks like they're gonna give kind of a lot of woodcutting xp but they don't give logs so it doesn't change fire making rates mm. and from an EHP standpoint, woodcutting is already zero time because you get most of it from fire making. You get the rest through uh, canoe uh, cutting while doing runecrafting, which isn't really like realistic from a 200 mil perspective because like 50 mil woodcutting XP from cutting canoes would take, uh, I don't know, like tens of thousands of hours of runecrafting. <laughs> but EHP wise, I mean, it's yeah. 200 mil all. It's. The thing to do so really all it's going to do i think is just make it so that i can get the rest of my woodcutting xp for free through the forestry events which would already quote unquote be zero time uh, so because room crafting is just the most insane skill hours wise ever um would you go yeah. for 200 mil woodcutting or would you really try to be efficient and stop your woodcutting at some point no nah, i think i'm gonna finish woodcutting i with with use the ratio is actually pretty high. Like with willows, you would stop it or you'd be done with fire making at 150 mil wood cutting, and with use it would be like 175 mil. So um, I'll have like 20 to 25 mil wood cutting XP left. I'm not just gonna let it sit there. But I think that I'll probably be able to get the rest of that XP from forestry events because it seems like they get a lot. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Um, how's min level skill? Is he still gaming? He's still going, man. He very consistent, like forty to fifty HP weeks. Uh, 
his goal is 25 mil runecraft and he's at 24.1 mil so i think he's gonna be done in like three to six months okay and he's been doing it for years at this point <laughs> that is so nuts so that is his yeah. real ending goal like he's just gonna be done with that account at least uh i don't know i don't i think he's probably gonna keep playing i'd be surprised if he actually stopped playing but i think he's gonna stop the method that he's doing mm. it's, i don't know if he said what he's gonna do next but he could go for 200 mil crafting he could go for 200 mil mining if he didn't care about ehp or he could just like craft earth runes instead or something like that yeah. who knows so i need to just ask because i've never really been um I guess the game mode of Ultimate Iron Man has never appealed to me simply because there's no bank and it feels like there's more, I guess like progression wise, it just feels good to have something grow, like your bank just growing over time. Do you mm. kind of feel that ever or do you just love the UIM playstyle of like its simplicity? No, I love UIM. I, the only thing that I am jealous of uh, regular Iron Man about is in the case of free-to-play, uh, you basically have to skill hop uh, combats with smithing because you don't want to carry a huge stack of uh, law runes because you have to telegram in the wilderness. So the more you mm. carry, the more you risk. That's the one thing that I don't want to have to do is to have to skill hop once I get to combats. It'd be nice if I could just like grind a 200 mil combat and then use all the runes like a, a Iron Man of the Bank could. So part of me has thought about maybe DUIMing once I finish the 200 mils I'm working on, but I don't think I'll actually do it. I think I'll stick with it. What are your thoughts on just wilderness stuff being efficient? Do you think, like, the, I feel like I can't ever voice a super strong reason against it because people, like, freak out and they think, like, just easy scape. But I swear, when real efficient methods are based in the wilderness, it just irks me some. It's just, like... I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Would you want to see anything changed? Uh, I mean, obviously I don't like that I have to risk my items to train skills efficiently, especially on an ultimate where I can't bank anything. But from a game design perspective, I think it's pretty well balanced to have you know high risk, high reward type of activities. Um, so... I'm I'm not really opposed to it. I think it's fine. And to be honest, free-to-play wilderness is pretty dead. And if you just carry a full inventory of pizzas and have the right gear, then it's very hard to die if you know what you're doing. Okay. The only real chance you have of dying at Telegraph Nats is if you get piled by a huge team and they manage to catch a lot of freezes before you make it to singles. Mm. Which, like, never happens. Okay. Yeah, interesting. I always, I don't know, like, I would be okay if there were wilderness methods that, you know, somehow there is a high risk, high reward, but I just don't like it when it's EHP. Or like, for example, Black Chin Champas and the Chaos Altar, I absolutely just despise that those two methods are out in the wilderness. First of all, Chaos yeah. Altar, just, but that's more members, I guess. I know with free to play, it's like you, it's not necessarily like a skilling method, you know? It's like you're it, it eventually correlates to skilling, you gathering all those runes, but it's not like it's not like yeah. you just made a dedicated skilling method out there for free to play. Yeah. It's kind of just like a funny bit of emergent gameplay. Like I don't know if they really put those nature rune spawns there with the attention that, <laughs> you know, in 
20 years for you to play iron men are going to be using them for their smithing hp <laughs> yeah but that's but true they're just there and something you can use and it ends up being really good yeah okay like that's fair i think that's like actually a fair point when things are just happen to be better and there was no intention on them being ehp yeah but like black chins i did a decent amount of black chins on my main and i had fun with it sometimes like if i was just wanted to like relax and not pay that much attention to the game i would go to red chins but like if i wanted to really be gaming like focusing hard and it was kind of fun to try to evade pkers and like optimize your gear get better at fire switching and whatever Yeah, I, I think there's something as well. It's like just been in the game for long enough that doesn't seem to be that big of an issue. I think when, like, I think Chaos Alter is the, the one that just really bothers me. Um, yeah, it's and, pretty OP. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just like, it's for for Iron Man, it's just ridiculous. I mean, you just kill half the, like, half the dragons, literally, like that you needed to in one single update. And, yeah, it's crazy. So, and there's also just so many other hunting methods, like for example, birdhouses, like you just do those passively and you never, like, really never need to catch chins anyway. So, yeah, I hate that. I hate birdhouses. I have my own thoughts on it. Like it's just, it's the hourlies. It's just like piling on hourlies and that's how you eventually get, yeah, 200 mils. I think that's just weird. Yeah, that's the biggest, well, one of the biggest reasons I don't ever want to play a pay to play Iron Man is. Birdhouses, Herb Runs, Winter Todd. Um, yeah, that's mostly it, I think. Yeah, it's mainly just hourlies that are a little bit obnoxious. And when they're really, like, you can't be skipping these. Like, you need to be doing these or else you're just going to feel yeah. like you're just wasting so much time. Yeah, yeah. it's a little rough. Um, I'm lucky to not be a super dedicated skiller. I just play the game at this point, and I just... Mm -hmm. You know, if I because the Desert Treasure 2 bosses are coming out, I've been like really good with my birdhouses for the most part just to prep for potions, but it's never been about like just gaining as much XP per day as possible. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, even farming was like too annoying for me when I was really focused on my main, like, I was so looking forward to finally not having to do farm runs. I never even finished oh, yeah. the stupid skill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's easier for a main, luckily, because you you can just do tree runs. For irons, it's like you need to just constantly be doing herb runs or else you're just wasting yeah, time. It's so much worse. Yeah, I was getting tired of just doing like one or two tree runs a day. Yeah, yeah. At, I don't know. At least it's just like massive XP every day. Just If you're doing tree runs, at least just like, I don't know, yeah. get, like 300k every day just for 10 minutes. Yeah, I finally started doing tree runs again on my main like a few days ago. Oh, really? Was, yeah. For for the last like month or two, I was doing just Alquat, Celastris, and Mahogany and Redwood because they're like free and like takes barely any time. But yeah, I started just actually doing tree runs because I just want to finish the stupid skill. I, I want to finish the skills that I started on my main. And that includes rune crafting. I've been seeing you AFKing day alt. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing that for like three months now, I think, and probably be done in like a month or so. That's, I mean, even though day alt is like kind of, <laughs> I say the word toontowny, where it's just like, you know, just I, I don't know. I'm really happy with what day alt is. It just seems 
nice in a way. You know, it it keeps the traditional room crafting, but if you just want to chill for a little bit, you can do that. And on a main, it's very well balanced because it is slower to gather the day all, obviously, but yeah, it's terrible on a main HP wise. Like even if you have day alts, it's not worth using it if you use runners. But I'm not gonna use runners and yeah, it's just something AFK on the side while I play the free to play and it's a way to make it easy to finish runecrafting. Are you gonna stick with rings of dueling for I'm assuming you're doing lavas, or or, or are you gonna use the uh ring of the elements? No, I'll probably use Ring of the Elements. Okay. But I I might do ZMI because ZMI is so much less day out. It really depends. Like Oh yeah, that's true. And yeah, it's I mean, way chiller. Yeah, it's like basically AFK also. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. So, yeah. Yeah, it depends what I'm doing on the free to play ultimate at the time. Because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do any actual room crafting until after I finish fishing and cooking on the UAM because it's just too click intensive to try to do anything like that on the side so if i'm doing something like not very click intensive on the uam then i would probably do lavas or muds or steams and if it's like medium click intensive then i'll do zmi so you said like you played a group iron man for a little bit and your team quit were you enjoying it and were you kind of disappointed that your team kind of quit on you uh it was like kind of fun to play through that stuff again um i i really lost interest once i had to start doing slayer <laughs> i was like 50 something slayer and just so fucking boring i was losing my mind just like prayer flicking hellhounds is the most dreadful thing i've ever done i've always hated slayer <laughs> i actually like i like that early grind i think it's just because the slayer levels come in so quick and it like i don't know yeah i don't know something about it just is like unbearably boring for me mm. i'd much rather be three ticking something yeah interesting so would you ever be interested in making like another account the group whether it be group iron man or just some other account are you kind of sticking with your main and your free to play i don't know i've like thought about different different game modes or restrictions to see to see if like any of them sound appealing like i thought about Pay to play Ultimate Iron Man, or like pay to play level three Ultimate Iron Man, or something like that. But still, just the EHP methods. A lot of them just don't seem fun. You still have to do herb runs. Still have to do birdhouses. Yeah. Winter Todd, like RD agility is best for level threes, which is just like so boring. So I don't. Know. I think the only chance would be if I just like made some weird snowflake account where I was just going for like certain skills that I was interested in, but not playing like macro efficient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I've been thinking this is over like the past, I don't know, year or something, just very minimally initially, but now I've been kind of thinking about it more and more just because of Verf's chunk man. Um, and him finally getting out of that chunk after 4,400 hours. Oh um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that vid. It just came out. Yeah. I, I watched it earlier today. It was great. Uh, but there's something really appealing about setting your own rules and you're the only one playing that way. And then, and obviously there's 4,400 hours that went into that. So it always looks great to see an account that's just like their bank is loaded with random stuff and they've just done like some crazy grind. But part of me, I don't know what it is. It's like recently that's been so appealing to me. I've been kind of interested in making 
either my own chunk account and just trying it out or it's something that's similar to chunk but not exactly chunk based but more like area location or certain limitations that i'll put on myself but i I don't know i've been kind of like brainstorming in my head something like that because yeah how to make it unique yeah just something that i would really find enjoyable something like you just said like where you just choose exactly what you want to do and you set those limitations on yourself and that's Mm. you know what you do and it's like your little trophy account yeah that like i really enjoy watching those accounts like i watch a whole whole bunch of those chunk account series and like other weird snowflake account series Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know if i'd ever want to play one personally because a big part of what motivates me to play the game a lot is competition so if there's nobody else doing what i'm doing then i won't have any significant competition okay yeah so who are like the players you kind of is it just the overall like just rising the ranks of free-to-play ultimate that really keeps you engaged or is there like players specifically that you kind of have that um competition? i look at the i look at the combined free-to-play iron man high scores because honestly ehp wise the modes are not that different it's really just people with banks can do a few more like decent afk methods for a little under ehp or whatever the ultimates can't do but yeah so i i look at um the combined and i'm trying trying to pass you know both ultimates hardcores and regular iron men and also just the combined free-to-play high scores so i i can compare against regs too um but i've also kind of started looking at like the combined ultimate iron men high scores so i think i'm top page for combined ultimate iron men at this point which is kind of cool um so mostly i still just look at free-to-play high scores but i'm getting kind of high now so after i pass like a few more people it's going to be a lot longer between ranks so at that point i might start uh expanding the scope because it's it's satisfying to be gaining ranks and eventually i'd like to be more competitive on the like global combined dhp ladder like it would be really cool to pass the ehp number for 200 mil all on mains because then you gain like a ton of ranks that's true (laughs) yeah a ton what what uh, so how how much ehp do you have currently on your free-to-play ult um just shy of 5.9k okay and what's 200 mil all i know that keeps lowering here and there but 12.8k so i'm like almost halfway there (laughs) yeah you're probably already over halfway there because you just see like a few updates oh i I don't know it actually depends because i guess when sailing comes out whenever that comes out that's just going to add a few yeah most likely most likely they'll add hours unless it like makes some skills so much faster that it evens out or something that would be crazy like literally a skill comes out and it shortens the the yeah that'd be insane there's not going to be any free-to-play sailing this is a member skill correct i don't think they've confirmed that yet i've obviously been wondering that because it would have a big impact on my account um i'm i mean me and some other free-to-play players have talked about that and think it's pretty likely that it will be free-to-play because it just seems like a smart marketing decision for them yeah to make some of it accessible to free-to-play and then like a lot of people who haven't played in a while or maybe have barely played or never played will just hop on on their phone or whatever make an account or log back into their account and be able to try out like the basic sailing mechanics then they get hooked 
the thing I wonder is because RuneScape doesn't have like um, ceilings. Like it wouldn't be like, oh, you can only train sailing up to level 20 or 30 uh, and then you're capped for free to play and then you have to become a member. So what I wonder is, yeah, I could see them definitely putting it into free to play, but then people can get 99 sailing before ever becoming a member in a way. Like obviously it'd be like really boring because it'd be so little content in relation to members but i don't know i think that's just one thing that makes me think they won't do it but they'll probably add some like teaser stuff into free to play i don't know though that's a kind of kind of good question yeah yeah who knows basically it's still so far out that it's probably not something that they're going to talk about very soon i wouldn't guess because it's probably not like that high on their list of things to figure out right now you personally would you want want it to be free to play depends on the skill i guess like it's still early on we don't really know what it's actually going to be like to train it so mm-hmm. if it was fun then maybe i wouldn't be upset if it wasn't either way but if it's not fun or if it like has a huge impact on other skills then i'd rather not okay um i'm gonna move over to the twitter topics because i'm seeing some good ones over here so yeah sure Freckle Dad says, explain your true thoughts on how great RuneLight is and that your previous thoughts about not using it were simply a fever dream. <laughs> it's insanely overpowered. And I started using it when I started training fishing and cooking because it just makes the method like so much easier with all the different plugins that I use that I just decided because I care about EHP on this account that I'm going to use whatever tools are available. So I still don't really like it, but I'm not going to lose the HP over it, basically. Mm. Really? You don't like it? It's, it no, was... I think it's 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 game-changing. Like, it's game-breaking. Uh, things okay. like custom menu swaps just absolutely change the game. Being able to move your interfaces, I just... I don't like that so many overpowered, like, basically necessary features are only available in a third-party client. That, that I will agree with that. The fact that it's not in the main game. But I think it's actually been very good for the game. Like, just simply, like, shift dropping, being able to do any menu swap. I actually think that's one of the greatest decisions that Jagex has ever made. I think that makes the game... Even though I have my own integrity, like, every player has their line of, like, what they think is good or bad for the game. Um, and I have my own, clearly. But I think menu swapping has um i think personally has had like a tremendous um effect on just enjoyability with certain skills and just lack of or just removing that tediousness of some certain skills like there's even mains currently that are still wondering like when normal construction is going to get left click which obviously makes it easier significantly but it's just on that level of like it just i don't know for some reason just makes the skills more fun i think right clicking a ton just it makes skills worse that makes it feel worse i think that using ahk was more fun than any skilling right now and i think that things like banking when it like it used to be a very high skill like cool thing to see if somebody was doing like super fast banking even with ahk whereas now it's just like you just left click and it's like so easy that it's 
I don't know. Personally, like, I see if they were to make RuneScape in current year, like, all of these things are things that you would put into a game to streamline the usability of the interfaces and stuff. But this game is supposed to be old-school RuneScape, and I'm perfectly happy to just play the game exactly how it was in 2013 without any quality of life changes or interface changes or anything like that, because mm. to me that's part of the charm of it. And I don't really personally find it very annoying. I kind of enjoyed the the challenge of it and finding ways to work around it. I I actually agree with your point. So I never did too much AHK, but I did start getting into it right before they banned it. And I was like, okay, well, I just won't use this. <laughs> um, but I will totally agree with you. Like having, I, I think it's something about two-handed gaming. Because you're totally yeah. right. When everything's just left click, left click, it's just like that is boring. I agree with that. Um, that's why PBM, it's some PBM encounters are really addicting because it's full on two hands. Like you got to go hard with the F keys and everything else. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. I definitely miss mining the way I did it with AHK dropping yeah. and stuff. There's just something really satisfying about. The, like I would right click with the mouse and then press the two keys with my left hand to drop each item. Uh -huh. I don't know. I just no, have I... this like engaging experience that it's just not the same anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I I totally feel that. And plus, there's like a real big. Um, I don't know. It's like the more you do it, the better you get. It's like these micro levels of like getting better and better and better because there is just such a small. Like, I don't know, like, you can start, if you get really, really good at AHK, you can start, like, minimizing ticks even further because you can just do so many actions if you click fast enough on your keyboard. Yeah, yeah. But AHK had its issues, and I understand why they banned it because I, I think, you know, the vast majority of players used it just basically to replicate mouse keys without the annoyances that you have with mouse keys, but there were bad actors who are using it to automate things or like crazy diagonals and like a bazillion different keys for different directions and distances and stuff that stuff i think shouldn't have been allowed but it was probably really difficult for them to try to differentiate those things yeah, i brought it up with the uh in the lelador cast of just paul no life just remembering watching his stream and he had all the <laughs> hk going on yeah then, the piano keyboard banking yeah and then the day it got removed his rc rates drop like by half basically <laughs> yeah that was funny yeah i mean that that stuff like i thought it was kind of cringe like yeah i think it should have just been limited to like vertical drop downs and clicking yeah it's just tough because you're totally right there is definitely just bad actors that'll just ruin f things that are actually really fun and feel balanced um yeah. yeah i mean yeah i think it was kind of inevitable for hk but i do think that there were other options they could have gone with other than just uh adding shift drop or shift whatever mm -hmm. like, yeah I, I could see that they could have just said you can only use the rune light mouse keys and rune light mouse keys are more restricted to what you can make them do they could have done something like if you right click on an item then you would press a number key and that would correspond to each of the menu options in the right click menu something like that yeah yeah that would have been cool i feel like the i agree like that would have actually been really fun to get used to but so many players would be like what the hell is this or just not use it at all and still have the same problem of 
them finding it annoying that they have to right click because they're not gonna be willing to yeah. just yeah do that. yeah for a while before menu entry swapper was added it was just kind of a weird awkward solution that only covered a, a subset of the cases that you'd want it to cover because like it was just one modifier key to change one option for dropping and then eventually they would add like uh emptying pouches and a couple other things but it was still like you know not uh customizable enough to really cover what you'd want it to cover and then custom menu swaps just makes it so you can basically do anything yeah um is there anything in runelight that you actually like really enjoy that not is not just that you're using it and kind of just have to because of EHP rates but things that you're like okay I actually really enjoy this and this is good um let's see I'm looking at what plugins I have I guess like the idle notifier I use that a lot for like for work so that it makes it so I basically don't have to pay attention to the game at all any more than I need to so that's pretty handy um my friend wrote a plugin for adding a timer on top of a fire and I added a little bit of code to finish it off and that's super useful for my fishing and cooking method to know when the fire might go out and now there's also timers for the snow and the fishing spot those are very useful um But yeah, I don't really, I don't really like to use anything that changes what the game looks like, or um, basically changes anything unless it's actually useful. Like I much prefer to keep the game as vanilla as possible. Yeah, there are just certain things that, like, when you start understanding the ins and outs of the game, especially in regards to, like PVM, it's really hard to not use like tile indicators and outlines for every single boss and. Like yeah. you said, like with the fires and the and the snow, like just having that number there, it just it makes things more consistent. I think that's just what makes RuneScape like that's already inherently fun about RuneScape is like just consistency and doing things the same, like this repetition and getting rid of the randomness or having to keep track of things unnecessarily, like just makes things more it just less frustrating, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it makes you better at the game. It makes you like a a god player compared to what you'd be on a vanilla client it's true like at, yeah at barbarian village fishing spots i'm probably one of the only people who has a timers on the fishing spots so i like know which fishing spot is better to fish at but yeah. like all these random noobs there just like fishing whatever spot and i'm like <laughs> they don't know what i know like i have the power of rune light yeah i mean i'm glad that you know because there is that argument of like okay like rune light or any sort of client obviously makes it you have a extreme advantage i think the good thing is that jagex and rune light have teamed up together so at least it feels like it's you know not just like you have to get the secret client that nobody else is using i feel like they've made it pretty clear that they've partnered up and everything's like good to go and yeah it's it's very accessible yeah like it's free which is kind of crazy that's so crazy, especially because did you use OS buddy? I think I did. Yeah, because I used to use that. And I, I mean, I was totally willing to pay $3 a month or whatever it was. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if I ever I think they had like a free and a paid version, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I ever actually had paid version, or maybe somebody like gifted it to me or something, but I don't know if I ever actually paid for it. I know Randalicious used to have like those codes. He just like, yeah, I think I got some of those from yeah, him, maybe. I was gonna... Yeah, I used to just pay it gladly. And honestly, if Runelight was 10 bucks a month, I mean, I don't want to give him any ideas, but like I would still be willing to pay it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like yeah. it's still a tiny price to pay for just free EHP, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, Thorko asks, do you have any plans to return to the main account in any capacity? I see the Dayalt stack growing on stream. Also, was there any update that made you fully quit the main account or was it just a slow and steady burnout? I'm interested in it, in it if, or sorry, I'm interested in if there was any snapping point. Well, yeah, I am playing the main again. It's just I only AFK on it, but... Yeah, I, I do want to finish some skills on here at least. I think it's just going to stay as a side project because I want to keep it, keep getting one-to-one -one as much as I can on the free-to-play. But maybe sometime down the line I'll focus more on it. Maybe I'll get bored on the free-to-play and just AFK on that for a while or something. But yeah, I mean, part of me definitely wants to do like some of the old skilling methods again, like hunting gins or like eat cut barb and stuff like that. But it kind of sucks it's like so under ehp so yeah i don't know but i'll at the very least i think i'll keep afking it so i'll afk redwoods or afk fishing or whatever else okay i can't remember if i asked you in the previous episode but did you have any desire to do sepulcher yeah i think if i were were to actually be focused on the account again i would do sepulcher try it out seems like it would be fun but I also really like Brimhaven, so and I, you can like semi AFK Brimhaven, so I could definitely see myself doing a lot more of that in the future too. Hmm. Yeah, Sepulchre. I don't know, man. I I don't wait. Have you done any Sepulchre at all? No, I've never done it. Oh, it is so addicting. It is so addicting, especially if you're a main account and you're not looting. Looting slows everything down and it makes it feel more sluggish. And I'm pretty much obligated to loot because of close scrolls now. Um, so what what is the what is like how does the looting work because i know on a main you still want to loot for the uh chance of the ring right yeah so the very last chest it it loses you like maybe 10 seconds just going through the little portal opening the chest and leaving so that is definitely worth it unless you're going for like a six hour and you just need every single time save possible but mm -hmm. Yeah, you definitely will always, and and that's the only chest that even offers the ring chance. So that's how mains make their money. Like they'll make bank pretty much just not looting anything until the very end. Um, but there's so, elite clues on floor five now. So most obstacle, like the final chest that mains open is the shortest, uh, like like the shortest amount of time. What the other obstacles literally take sometimes like 20, 25 seconds to just get through like the the second to last obstacle is a bridge you need to build and then run over to the chest and it's just like it's it's still worth it in my eyes but it makes sepulcher feel more sluggish mm. so. how many floors are there five okay so do irons have to loot every floor no 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 i so most irons will only loot floor five which there's four chests on floor five um oh, okay. But I loot floor three, four, and five because 
three, like level three gives medium clues, level four gives hard clues, and level five gives elite clues. And I'm just there. And because I'm already going to be looting a lot anyway, I'm just like, eh, I'll just loot floor three too, just for that medium chance. Because for medium clues, the efficient way is Piro Piro. And I just absolutely despise that place. <laughs> yeah, Iron Man things. L literally, that's what it is. <laughs> but I always am so jealous. Like, I remember watching Hebox doing his agility grind before he got 200 mil all. And just seeing the fluidness of just running through the thing. All you need is just like an inventory of stamps and you can just sit there for days i mean just running over and over and over it's just that's all it is just running it's, just, it's yeah it seems fun it'd be interesting to try multi-skilling at sep also oh yeah you could easily get it down like as soon as you do i don't know like 200 300 completions you'll pretty much have it down and then at that point you're just slowly getting just like incrementally better but mm -hmm. yeah you could probably start afking just after like 200 300 runs yeah, I think that's the only way I would ever realistically do some Bibles on my main is if I did, like, multi-skilling at SEP or, like, artifact thieving or something. Mm-hmm. By the way, Brimhaven, I just got to give a shout-out to NC State where he did all of his yeah, ultimate Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> I didn't even know he was working on that, so it was a total surprise. Yeah, just years and years and years of doing it. Yeah, I was kind of hoping to get the the stored XP record on my main. That was one goal that I was still interested mm -hmm. in, but no longer possible. <laughs> yeah, that uh, he he like his is pretty much unbeatable, right? Yeah, I, I think unless uh, I'm not sure if he did any obstacle repeating, or if he was like pure AFKing for like max number of stored tickets. But, oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So somebody still could beat it, but it's like nobody's going to do that, probably. Yeah, maybe. I'm not exactly sure what his method was, but I think I don't think it'll ever be beaten realistically. Yeah. Now, I remember watching the stream. He would just, it's all he would do. That's. I mean, he also has like started some other like side accounts, but just. Oh, is he streaming regularly? He, 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 it was never regular streams necessarily, but he used to stream. Um like you know a few hours here and there every, huh. every his, few days what's his twitch i, I um, need to follow <laughs> i think it's the pinata or All word. i let me try to let me try to see what is yeah the pinata with an underscore i'm mad that i missed those streams yeah no they were good it was just chill just always chill vibes so, yeah, that was uh, that was really cool. Just seeing somebody just really dedicated over years. I think that's something I still admire about certain players is just their dedication. Even when uh, they're like, so I always bring up. Well, I don't always bring up, but I want to bring up the example of Zulo. Um, or I think he goes by Bogey. Um, is his yeah. Twitch account? Or his, uh, his Twitter account. But that dude, he's doing like the 200 mil one at a time, as you probably know. Um, and he's on, he's going on his seventh 200 mil. I'm just like, dude. Yeah, his account is cool. I've been, I've been following him for a while. Yeah. It's interesting to see. That is not, that's so crazy because like, 
it's not like it's always cool in your head to like, oh, I'm going to do this crazy goal of, you know, getting 200 mils one at a time, but actually doing it and like sticking with it for years and years and years and years. is just very impressive to me, especially because yeah. it's not even about like he doesn't even have like that large of a following at all. So, you know, I could definitely see somebody with like a like, you know, when money's on the line or like that's like your YouTube career or whatever, then it kind of gives you more like extra motivation. But be a know. terrible choice for a YouTube series. <laughs> I, know. I know. All right, guys. Uh, uh, update, little channel update. You know, every like 25 mil, it's like the same thing. Yeah. No. He, I mean, he, yeah. sorry. What are you going to say? One video, one video for like a whole year or two just for agility. <laughs> and that's what he does. He, he does have a YouTube channel and like he does make like little progress updates, but it's mainly yeah. after he's gotten the 200 mil. It's like, yeah jesus christ it's always a treat but it happens like you know once a year or whatever i know it's nuts people were like wondering like how is he gonna do combats but he's pretty adamant like it's just a skiller account he's never gonna do any combats yeah combats would kind of suck but it would be like probably doable just be kind of weird it'd be there's some methods you can do now right it would probably just have to be like cannon to 200 mil or yeah. whatever and then at that point then go for 200 mil hp because if you ha really have to do it one at a time then you probably have to at that point do chins and 200 mil hp or something ridiculous <laughs> if he was going to go like super crazy on it and then... what about that like uh and there's some zaya method that uh 10 hp accounts use for combat training mm, i don't know the like uh organized crime Oh, there's no way somebody, there's no way he would do that. I don't even know how that method works, but that sounds horrible. Yeah, I don't know much about it either, but I thought I remember that there was some like actually decent XP per hour method for 10 HP accounts to train combats now. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure about it, but yeah, he's not going to be doing any combat anyway, but it's just, it's just nuts that he's actually six 200 mils in the bag already and one of them's agility which is just i know nuts. yeah yeah uh, that kind of account seems kind of fun to me but i think my progress would probably be slow if i wasn't doing a skill that i could afk a lot that's that's but, the craziest part about it is like he doesn't get that relaxation of like okay i can now chill it's like no it's one dedicated account sometimes there's afk methods you can do with that skill but yeah, that's that's another thing you have to keep in mind. You can't just go run arty here and there when you're bored or tired or chop a tree. Yeah. I think it would be a side project account for me if I ever made it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Pause asks, which free-to-play player would you go ice skating with? <laughs> <laughs> well, since he asked, maybe Pause. It'd be cool to meet Pause IRL. Yeah, have you have you had any meetups like at all? I mean, have you gone to a RuneFest? No, I haven't. But I think I would maybe go if they had another one. Okay. I, I've I've done one meetup with RuneScape players, and it was a few years ago. It was just like people from the U.S. East Coast, um, and we got an airbnb in pennsylvania for a weekend just like hung out and drank beer basically oh, it was shit. pretty fun that's cool it was um abra 238 uh avatar evan um 
fires and mats. Okay. I think I think it was just the five of us. Hopefully, I'm not forgetting someone. That's just really. I I think that's cool because like meeting people that share a very similar, very niche interest has got to be kind of cool. Just to. Yeah, it was really fun. I'd love to do something like that again. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I had my first meetup just uh, end of April with like the base team and oh yeah i saw some pictures of that yeah they're all like streamers and stuff and and i barely do any like social socialization basically and socializing and uh that was just really nice and it's just cool because everyone shares a similar interest with the game and you know streaming and everything so it's just awesome it's just so it's comfortable it's like you just you already share so many interests Mm mm-hmm and it's crazy, like, there's so many people in the RuneScape community that I've known for, like, you know, upwards of a decade or five years or whatever. Like, all these people who I'm, like, friendly with, acquainted with, or, like, I've talked to here and there throughout the years that just none of them have ever met IRL. So it'd be cool to be able to meet more of those people because you already kind of have that connection. Like, you know stuff about each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really hope there's a RuneFest next year because I'm 100% going. Yeah, I think I would go. Like, I I have the the money and the interest, and like I can take time off now. So, like, it, in the past, it was pretty it was prohibitively expensive mm-hmm. to do that, but now not so much. And yeah, it would be really fun to just like meet so many people that have you know listened to their streams for hundreds of hours or like chatted with on Discord or whatever. Yeah. I think the interesting thing would be like meeting people with and it would it would go the same with you or like hey i'm this person from twitch just some random username and you like put a face with the name yeah it's been kind of fun lately i've started streaming like a little bit more frequently and then i see some usernames that were active in my chat in like 2015 or something and they're still around or people who have changed their username and then they tell me their original username and i'm like oh my god i remember you yeah <laughs> I wish Twitch had a little way to write notes on people's names or just even have like a previous username so you could just Yeah. Yeah. That's cool though. Um all right, a cold one asks, what do you think were the three worst updates to happen in OSRS in the theme of devaluing, blatant easyscape, and Iron Man pandering? Hmm. That's a tough question. Um I almost want to say that the updates that came really early were the worst because they set a precedent. Like things like uh, Rooftops, Motherload Mine, Nightmare Zone, those all came out within like a year of release, I think. And all of them, I think, were bad content and just set a bad precedent of like most skilling updates being easy from there on and like making skills more AFKable and or faster so while those ones are not really that impactful on ehp anymore though arty is still just like completely trash agility um i i i think that the game would be in a very different place if updates like that were shot down from the get-go okay so what about more recently anything that comes to mind besides just the precedent setting uh 
more recently. I haven't kept up as much with pay play skilling updates. That's true. I'm trying to think like what, what recent skilling updates have. I guess like Guardians of the Rift. I haven't played it. So it definitely seems like a huge update for Iron Man, especially like early game Iron Man Runecraft. Yeah, that's that's true. I, the good thing about it is it does keep the classic you go you run to an altar and you craft and yeah yeah i i did kind of have a problem that you didn't have to use essence they kind of made that change like right before the update came out but the thing was is like nobody was mining essence anyway like you just do pvm or something like for essence like it's just like i don't know it it was totally okay by the end like i i just realized like having to just have a shit ton of essence and having to use it here would have made the minigame so much worse like playability wise and mm -hmm. it's like it's already not even a thing they if they would have made it so you had to get pure essence they would have just made some update that just gives you a shit ton of pure essence as well like somewhere that's just easy <laughs> to get anyway so yeah i mean i think the ship is already sailed on essence like it's pe it's pinned at one gp each right probably yeah and that's probably yeah. high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even back back in 2017, I banked S for 200 mil. And I think it was like 5 to 10 GP, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. But even then, like, it's hardly anything. Like, back in the day, when there wasn't so many sources for S, it would easily be like 20, 30, 50 GP each, depending on the, the time frame. Because it, you know, it's actually valuable. Mm -hmm. like a, if it isn't just being shat into the game from everywhere yeah that that's something that kind of like i want an old school old school to come out everybody anybody that wants old school old school to come out everybody has a different idea of what that would entail you know mm -hmm. i'm assuming for you if you wanted that it would be like exactly what it was in 2013 with no quality of life am i right in yeah saying that? Yeah, I would want just no changes other than bug fixes and bot bans. Yeah. And I would, I mean, I think it would be inevitable, but I would much prefer if they didn't allow third-party clients or alts. Yeah, they, I mean, if, if it was your way, they would have to do that. They would have to make it so every third-party client is bannable. Problem is, is people will still use clients, and that's where the... Like, we, we just don't live in that same time period of 2013 where there wasn't all these tools. Because if it did come out, people that did want to go hard on it, they would use clients and it wouldn't be... Like, they wouldn't get banned from it, realistically. And so then you're set yeah. at a disadvantage if you choose to play fairly. Which yeah. So that's, like, in my head, if they ever were to, which I doubt they'll come out with an old school, old school. But if they did, it would just be like, you, we just have to literally say that all quality of life and all clients is fine you know just because there's no way around it really it's i don't know that's that's how i see it at least it's like it's just pointless to try to gatekeep it even though that would be the real nostalgia the real like purest version of it yeah the the community is different it's it's sort of like comparing 2013 old school to 2007 runescape community was very different yeah. So it's never going to be the same. You can't. You can't ever fully relive the experience. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And even if you could, 
your mindset's completely different. You couldn't even enjoy it the same, probably. Cause... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The whole community is different. Like, the majority of the player base is probably in the, like, five to ten year age range, and that age range keeps increasing. Yeah. So, you know, the player base is just going to be different because they're not ten years old anymore or whatever. <laughs> and they're also not, you know, 17 years old or whatever they were when... OSRS came out. Yeah, they're all like twenty five or whatever, thirty. Yeah, I'm turning thirty soon. <laughs> oh, I well, I just turned twenty eight, so I still got a couple years, but still late twenties. It's dude. It's actually what you're like. What twenty five, twenty six? Yeah, I'm twenty six. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy being in late twenties because I mean, especially twenty eight is actually daunting because it's like that. That basically is thirty, but. You know, 27 was fine. It still feels like you're just in, like, that mid-comfortable spot of 20s. But no, it's over for me. It's going to be 30s. I'm just, I'm lucky, though, in a way, because, I don't know, I've never really cared that much about getting older. It's never been, like, a big stressor. I think it's just the fact that my 20s are over that's just a little bit, like, depressing. But at the same time, I'm, like, really looking forward to my 30s. Yeah. I'm similar to you. Like I'm not that worried about aging. I guess at least not yet. Yeah. I have I have two older siblings, and my sister is in her like early to mid thirties now, and she says it's way better than her twenties. So that's <laughs> got that. Let's look forward to. That's good to hear. Um, and it's gonna be really. I mean, I guess we've already talked about it in the previous episode, but I want to talk about it again because you've been making even more gains with your fitness and your just overall like well-being and uh so yeah entering your 30s like you're you're setting yourself up for success already so yeah yeah a big motivator for me with fitness is to develop a routine that's going to last for the rest of my life and keep me healthy and just like make it so i can enjoy more years of my life and not be crippled by health problems yeah it's like it's like it's weird because at least in early 20s and before, you just don't think about that kind of stuff. Even though it's kind of, it's repeated over and over by people, like set yourself up for success. Like it just, it your brain just can't comprehend getting older. And yeah, and then when you <laughs> finally start feeling that, like I started feeling it at 25, but I still ignored it until I was basically like end of 26. And I was like, I got, I got to get my shit together because... When you start feeling that, when you start feeling yourself getting older in little ways, it's actually like really scary if you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think it would cause me a lot of mental stress and it would like weigh on me very heavily if I wasn't actively doing something. Yeah, like making sure I was staying healthy and stuff. So, so what? It's, it's a huge benefit for just general mental health i think yeah now that that's for sure just being able to like rest easy at night there's still things that keep me up at night where i'm like i gotta be doing this or i gotta be doing this but Mm -hmm. one of the things that i am grateful for is like overall just getting exercise every day i think that's just a big thing that could just really lessen the stress over and over and i i say that to like us as I don't know, pl- players, I like I, people that play RuneScape a lot or people that play video games a lot. It just, I know because most of us live through it and I live through it. It's like, it's, 
you can easily get yourself into a pattern where you're not moving and you're just being very sedentary. And like, yeah, if you're in that spot, like it's just so worth to set like just a habit of just going out for a little bit every day. Yeah. Back, back before I started, uh, lifting weights, I was very inactive. I had like, it was, I started when I was 20 and I, for most of my like later teenage years, I just like didn't really exercise much at all. Um, when I was younger, I was into like skateboarding and biking and stuff like that a little bit. And I, when I was a kid, I just was more active, go out and play and whatever. But yeah, as a, as a teenager, I was on the computer a lot and just barely did any exercise, didn't have any interest in any sports. Luckily for me, my natural state was skinny as opposed to overweight. I think it's easier to be skinny and it's probably less hard on your body. Um, but it still didn't like feel good and I wasn't really happy with my appearance. And once I started lifting weights, it, it had more benefits than I expected, like mentally. And, um, it, it just makes you feel better. I don't know. It's, there's a lot of different benefits more than just the, the easily, uh, tangible changes. Mm-hmm. There was a question here. Um, what was it? It was talking about like, uh, what are the downsides of working out? I'm trying to find that. Did you? Oh yeah. Uh, I can't see. I think, it, I think that was basically the question. Yeah. Uh, are there any downsides to working out? It's a time commitment. I mean, it takes time that you could be spending on other things. Uh, uh, I think I sweat more than I used to, so that's <laughs> kind of can be annoying sometimes. Um, I I would say that some like positions that I used to sit in or like sleep in or whatever are not as comfortable or possible because I just have more mass in certain areas. Um, so that's something I've noticed. <laughs> you have to eat more. Yeah, that, that you have you have to, or else you're gonna lose it. Yeah, but it's worth it. I think it's worth it for me. I mean, I'm a big proponent of like people just finding whatever physical activity they enjoy. Like lifting is just something that I do and it works for a lot of people, but doesn't work for a lot of people also. So mm-hmm. I don't think you should force yourself into something. It's just good to find some kind of physical activity that gets your heart rate up, something you can progress on and you know, keeps you healthy. Yeah, that that's words of wisdom right there. It's like just you don't need to do what like you just find something you enjoy because we're all physical bodies. Like we're just we have a body. Let's just like do something to take care of it. Just yeah, like you said, just raise your heart rate here and there every day. And that's, that's yeah. enough, really. Yeah, I feel like I was so out of touch with my physical body before I started lifting weights like. I don't exactly know how to describe it, but you feel it's very satisfying in a sort of uh, fundamental way to uh, perform a lift with really good form, lift more weight than you've ever lifted before, or, you know, do whatever activity, whatever sport or whatever, something like that to reach a level of advancement in it and execute that action. Just the feeling of doing it with your body is like, very satisfying and that's not something that i really experienced before 
I just like didn't really do anything with my body that really mattered. It was just kind of like doing the day-to-day stuff that I needed to do, but it wasn't anything, anything significant, I guess. Yeah. That's something that I didn't know I was missing out on. It's that mind muscle connection for me. Like I mm-hmm. remember the first time I felt that cause I was already sort of working out here and there just doing like pushups and stuff here and there. But like it, while it clicked with me cause the, I had this like psychedelic trip one time where like I was like working out and for some <laughs> reason during that trip, like I had the most insane mind muscle connection I've ever felt. And it like stuck mm-hmm. with me afterward. Like I could like, like you say, it's like there's something so satisfying about just using your body in like a, I don't know how to explain it, but like when you feel it, you feel it. Like when you just can sense that you, that satisfaction of like your muscles contracting and you doing something and lifting something or moving in a certain way, it's just really, really satisfying. And that like, it makes working out fun. And before that, for me, it wasn't a. It wasn't necessarily fun. It was just something like, oh, I gotta do this. And now, yeah, it's like, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there were a few times before I really got into it where I like signed up for a gym and started working out a little bit. But it it feels extremely awkward at first. Like every movement feels so strange. I remember trying to deadlift for the first time and like trying to stick your butt out a bit and like flatten out your lower back and stuff like that it just felt so uncomfortable and weird so you have to sort of get past that phase like it might take a month or two before you start to feel more comfortable with whatever activity that you're doing but once you get there it's so worth it and it feels so good so what's what's worked with uh what's worked for you in regards to like bulking and cutting um i mean i uh, you're you're more experienced with this stuff. I'm currently on a bulk. I'm thinking of cutting already because I'm gaining fat and like too much <laughs> fat. <laughs> I'm like I don't I don't like this as much. But it's fun to bulk yeah. for a little bit and just put it on extra muscle. Yeah, when I started, I was kind of just like perma bulking. <laughs> like I was I started and I was like less than 130 pounds, so I was pretty pretty skinny. So I I basically just continually bulked until I reached about 170 pounds and i gained it was like over a decent amount of time so i think it was majority muscle but i gained like a little bit of fat so once i got up to there i cut down about 15 pounds and i got pretty lean um and since then i've just sort of very slowly bulked um slash maintained so i'm not really I'm not really interested in doing like bulk cut cycles, at least not very frequently. So right now I'm just kind of trying to slowly bulk. So maybe gain like one or two pounds a month and hopefully most of it will be muscle. And then I won't have to go through the the repetitive cycle there as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're probably at a point you've been lifting for like what, five years you said. Yeah. Like five and a half. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I'm not, like, an expert at all this stuff, but it seems like your first year or first two years, um, depending on, like, who you are as a person, is, like, real significant muscle growth. And then at that point, after that, it's pretty slow. Like, yeah, it slows down a lot. Like, you, you can't keep gaining muscle at that rate. 
Like yeah. for me, I'm five foot nine and I'm about one sixty five pounds right now. And I don't think it would be possible for me to get heavier than like one eighty without just gaining a lot of fat unless I was like using steroids or something, which I wouldn't like I think probably about one eighty is just like my natty peak basically. Yeah, and that would be over like the next five years at least. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy to think. I think um, a lot of people like that aren't lifter because I felt this way. It felt like because every influencer that's like fitness influencer, mo- most I can't say every, but most of them are not natural. Yeah, you just see people that are just absolutely jacked. But yeah. you're under the illusion that it, that is possible, and so I feel like for a lot of people, it's like really demotivating before you understand that these are performance enhancing drugs that people are on. Um, yeah it's it's definitely important to like if you are going to get into weightlifting especially from a bodybuilding perspective uh to familiarize yourself early on with you know what is possible naturally and what's not because yeah that's a, a dangerous trap you can fall into is subscribing to certain influencers who are maybe not very transparent about their pd usage and you know, thinking that you can look like that when you just can't. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's it's crazy because that's most of what you see when you look up like fitness things on any sort of social media. It's like people that are actually jacked out of this world. <laughs> and you think if you just, you know, eat your, drink your protein shakes and work out, you don't look like that ever. And like, you just will never look like that. Yeah. I mean, e- even as someone who's been pretty consistently lifting weights for five plus years and um you know like numbers wise i'm in a pretty high percentile of strength for my size i still like if i wear pants and a shirt i don't look huge like it's just it's not really realistic to have that as your goal i don't think like yeah maybe you'll look jacked with your shirt off at certain angles sometimes but the pictures you see online are like heavily curated, perfect lighting, probably on steroids. Biggest pump of your life right beforehand too. Exactly that too. Like I have some pictures of myself that I'm like, wow, I look kind of crazy there, but it's because it's like right after a workout or whatever. Like <laughs> yeah. My, my day to day, I I look like a pretty average guy and yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. But you kind of have to calibrate your expectations exactly and that's what most people look like if you're natural it's like when you're resting i mean there's certain like it's what's interesting is like when i wake up i don't look as good but for some reason like at 4 p.m 5 p.m i actually look like significantly better i think it's just because your hormones Mm -hmm. and whatever your body just fluctuates and just certain times of the day where you'll look better than you normally do but interesting maybe it has to do with like your eating schedule or something also yeah, maybe it's something, I don't know, it's something about, like, just immediately waking up. Maybe it's, like, temp- body temperature or something as well, but, mm. yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, you got to set your expectations, like, clearly of, yeah. Um, that's cool, though, because I always like it when people change their lifestyles and get really healthy, and, like, you're probably, when I think of people in the old school community, I mean, you're definitely, like, the top guy when I think of complete body transformation and complete, like, I don't know, just completely, yeah, like what I said, body transformation. It's it's really neat to see. And you've been really consistent with it. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm proud of myself to that I've been able to do this. Um, it gives me confidence, I guess. Not so much just because I'm stronger than I was, but because of, this is something that I've been capable of. It makes me feel more more confident and capable to be able to take on whatever other task I need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things I was going to say is like, I think one of the downsides, and this is barely even a downside of working out, but it's like almost like setting an expectation of like, I don't know, if, if for example posting like on social media like your progress or gains and stuff like that if if you lose motivation or if you're not in like a great like mental state and you end up losing progress it can be like almost a negative spiral for some people of like i i feel like i almost need to keep this up for i don't know just to not let other people down or something and i mm-hmm. think it's yeah setting, yeah yeah that's i mean Definitely a part of what keeps me consistent is the fear of uh, falling off. Also, like, I, between just, like, my ego and, like, just not wanting to lose progress that I've made throughout all these years and that I've worked for, like, I don't always want to work out. Sometimes I'm not really enjoying it, but I just can't, can't stand the thought of losing all of this progress that I've made. Um, and that's keeps me going, but it also can be sort of, uh, want to get a chiseled look in the jawline sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today constricting if like if you're really not enjoying it for a long period of time yeah so that's i guess that could be one downside of it also yeah luckily like for most people like most most healthy people like when you've put on the muscle i mean you could literally stop working out for like two three weeks completely and you wouldn't lose any like significant amount of muscle at all if you just got back into it afterward so i think that's yeah something that's nice to know is like if you need a break you can take one it's fine 
Yeah, taking a short break is not a big deal. And I think even if you take a longer break, it, it will take some months to get back up to where you were, but it will be a lot faster than the first time around because mm -hmm. muscle memory, as they call it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like preparing. Like It's just like more ready to turn into muscle again. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you watch Roydy at all, if you ever watched his stream, but... Uh... I've heard the name, but I don't know if I've actually watched him. Okay. He's part of the farmers group, Iron Man, if you're... Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's like Foe and... Yeah, Foe. Alkin? Foe, MMORPG, um, Roydy and Mr. Mammal. And, uh, oh, okay, yeah. And the Cookies, who is MMORPG's wife. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've heard of all of them, but I don't watch them very much just because mm -hmm. they kind of the other half of the game that i'm not as interested in for the most part <laughs> yeah that's fair but roidy was jacked i mean he was just massive um and now he like he, i don't know exactly because I'm, I'm actually going to get him on the cast again i've talked to him before but um i think part of him not working out as much anymore like he he tries to stay healthy but he's lost significant muscle mass um and I think part of it, and I'll have to ask him, this is my own words, this is not his by any means, but it seems like the pressure of having to like upkeep that physique or upkeep like just your ego, I think it was, I think it was weighing on him a lot. And so like him losing all that muscle, I don't know, it feels like, I don't know, there can just be a negative aspect of like maintaining a certain image for yourself and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah it i mean if it becomes like a significant part of your identity it can be tricky it's like a a big weight to carry if you aren't enjoying it anymore yeah you're just like forcing yourself to go week after week yeah i think he went through that he stays healthy i mean he's a really healthy dude and he looks great still but i guess that's one of the downsides it's um but what what's cool is like for most people, like if you just stay in a healthy weight range and you exercise daily or even just like, you know, five days a week or whatever, like that's enough. Like you'll be a, you'll be a healthy person. You don't need to be jacked. You don't need to be cut. Like you just stay in a healthy weight range. I think that's like the best thing you can do for lifestyle and getting older and maintaining like your health over the years. Yeah, for so. sure. I, I think for that, I mean, you could probably just work out like two or three days a week and still maintain be perfectly fine yeah yeah well that's cool do you, yeah do no, you no. think uh Roydy's username is was accurate i haven't seen pictures of him but like his, um, was he using roids i can't i mean i have my own opinion on that but like i think it was just simply because of the uh like you're not allowed to talk about certain stuff on twitch i don't think it was ever brought yeah. up because i do remember like um you know, people would ask that. Like, I, I'm as, I'm assuming it was a daily thing that was asked in his chat, and his name yeah. is literally Roydy, <laughs> so <laughs> like, doesn't help. But um, I never heard him ever respond to it, nor have I ever mm -hmm. asked him personally. But yeah, I mean, that if if he was, that could obviously be another big factor. Yeah, yeah, those they're they're not good for your health. So yeah, that that I'm sure would weigh on you if you're using them. Yeah. Yeah, that's for, I guess, I don't want to speak for him at all, so, but yeah. Um, 
Okay, let's... Hmm. Let's see this. Okay, so Franco asks, when you think to the good old days of old school in your head and playing the game on your main, what skilling method are you training? What update ruined that skilling method? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's got to be 4G, which is still the meta, which is kind of crazy. That is crazy, um, actually. It's it's changed a bit with all the QOL and whatever, but it's still same method. They've done but a I, yeah. No, sorry, go ahead. I guess I also think back to like when I was maxing, doing ninety nine RC with the abyss was like what some of the most fun I ever had doing skilling, and that's like you know kind of dead content now because there's so many so many updates that have made RC faster, easier, mm -hmm. and also runners yeah yeah it's uh, I've, i think they've done a pretty good job with mining overall like adding a bunch of methods that people can enjoy but not really going overboard with certain things or making like a mini game and making that the best i know volcano yeah. mine had its own issues but it's not better than ehp rate so i think it's i think they've done a pretty good job with that plus I don't know if you've seen the gem mining, the new three tick gem mining. That's close to three tick four G, and it's just a different path, and it's a different method. And you can profit a little bit. I like, yeah, it seems pretty cool. Yeah, I like that they add things like that. Like I think mining's in a really good spot right now. Yeah, I'm kind of worried for mining because I fear that forestry is going to set a precedent of like, oh, we need to do forestry for mining and forestry for fishing now. And yeah, then we that. might get, you know, like uh, the end to single ore rocks, which would make me really sad. So I hope that doesn't happen. I would be okay. Like when it comes to re, not necessarily reworking mining, but they already have made a few changes. Like one is getting rid of the tick delay with certain rocks around the game. Like that made gem yeah. mining like actually worth it now. That was a good update. Yeah. And I think one of the cool things they could do is, like, make ore respawn timers shorter and make success rates a bit higher with rocks that are literally just absolutely not not worth mining whatsoever. Um, yeah, one thing that's kind of weird is that silver and gold have the same... Or is it silver and coal? There are two rocks at different tiers that have the same respawn time, which is kind of weird. Like, silver, I think, should respawn a bit faster than it does. Yeah, so silver like it should just have a way higher success rate too. I mean, I know you can yeah. mine it pretty consistently if you're tick manipulating it. It can, it's pretty much mined. But the respawn timers, and I honestly think like silver should be maybe just slightly worse than iron. Iron's instantaneous, basically, and like you'll yeah. never fail it. I kind of like that. Yeah, iron is a hundred percent by like level sixty or something. I think, mm -hmm. whereas silver scales all the way up to 99 i think it's like 70 something at 99 and then if you um if you tick manipulate like with arrive delay you can t get double rolls and it's like 90 something percent yeah what do which you... I, I think it was balanced around the idea that silver and gold was supposed to be like valuable yeah which yeah yeah it's not really <laughs> and, then, but... and then you right click uh uncut gems this would be worth more cut and you just lose half the value <laughs> on the grand <Atlantic>. yeah 
it is yeah. worth significantly more high alka value that's for sure it's funny though if you if you um buy gems from the shop cut them and then sell them back you profit oh yeah yeah i mean according to high alk value they're not wrong but just yeah dude i still rem- go for it what did you say it's funny to think about like the things like that in the game of how the gowers expected things would turn out versus how they actually turned out thing is is like it actually was that case for a long time because i remember i mean not when we became adults and stuff when our brains developed that changed the game completely but <laughs> when i was like 10 i remember loving when i could see a guy with high crafting saying cutting gems like for free and so you just trade mm-hmm. him like you know an inventory of diamonds uncut diamonds and you'd, you'd actually cut them and then you give them back to you and it's like oh my gosh like hell yeah you know and... yeah that'd be great for for the other end of the trade nowadays yeah it was like it was like the perfect trade though because it actually would be more expensive slightly because everyone was so dumb back then (laughs) but yeah that was an amazing like trade that was just it was just back when like if you had high smithing you were amazing like if you could smith rune that was insane like that would have actually been just you would have been just hella rich you know yeah you could sell rune two h's for like over a mil and classic i think Jesus, yeah, that's insane. So that was back when, you know, I don't know. I don't think the Gowers ever, especially with the Smithing. Smithing skill scaled so weirdly because you wouldn't have to go all the way to 99 where most skills ended at like 40. (laughs) Yeah, I fear that they'll eventually rework Smithing in old school also. Maybe in like three to five years time. Yeah, I could see that. Is Is there any upside to that or would you just be disappointed in any of that? I mean, I don't know. There's always the two sides of the argument. One is preserve the game, keep it old school, keep it exactly how it was, regardless of how stupid or not stupid it is. And the other side is, you know, make the game better, make the game more balanced, make the game easier, whatever, whatever, whatever. Basically change the game to my liking. And uh, these days I'm kind of more on the side of just don't change anything, but it's too late for old school it's been too late for old school for a really long time so in old school i don't know if i care as much as i used to because it's just too far gone from that perspective but yeah in the early days i was like very opposed to any change and if i could go back i would still i'd be even more opposed i guess because i just like i like the game to be preserved exactly how it was i don't know that's fair yeah, I th- um, I'm okay with where old school is right now. I think uh, I'm, I'm like I've been on a slow burn for like the past like nine months or something where I just haven't been as motivated over like the other years that I played, like where I was just like heavily addicted. Like I loved waking up every morning and playing. Um, I think that's more on my end rather than the game's end. Just me go the me getting older and me having like different outlooks on life now that i've gotten older as well like not wanting to sit all day and play i care about my health and stuff but um yeah i i I honestly like because i made a ramble uh yesterday or the day before talking about like that tweet that you had tweeted like the reddit post of the based reddit or (laughs) whatever (laughs) oh you made a video about that yeah I i talked about it briefly 
Oh, um, shit. I need to check it out. Yeah, it was just, it was a segment. But of course, you know, I'm going to get flamed in the comments by, by some people. Some people are going to agree. Some people aren't. Um, I think I did misspeak a little bit on it, mainly because I think people almost thought I'm against updates or something because I agreed with that post. I think that post for me was mostly about like a reminder about what makes this game great. Like about mm-hmm. what makes old school old school and what makes it stick out and what makes it actually have an identity. And I, I think people got the wrong idea. And I might have misspoke as well. I misspeak all the time on those rambles. But I'm okay with where the game is right now. And I think, uh, you know, if if I were to have changed things, I definitely would. But overall, I cannot be disappointed with where the game is after 10 years. I think it's fine. And plus, I mean, there are game modes, like, for example, free-to-play Ultimate Iron Man. Like, the fact that that almost never gets updated. Like, it, it can appeal to players like you. That would really yeah. want like it's my safe haven yeah exactly so we still and the fact that that's not getting devalued and like they're very conscientious about it but they still understand that not every player is that way and they do want the game to grow and even though part of me worries about the obsession with having the game grow and like that's all that matters not like they've ever said that and i completely understand like i, I want the game to thrive but I think it's just the reminder of like at what cost? Like do we want to just appeal to everybody like and just make it so we can get as many players as humanly possible to play the game or do we want the players that would find this game enjoyable for what it is come to the game rather than just Yeah, I I think I mean me personally I don't care how much money Jagex makes as long as the game is up and some people play then I'm perfectly happy. I don't know why some people are so obsessed with like more players equals good because I don't know if that I don't think that's always true. Um, like we don't just want to at all costs try to get more people to play this game. Like, what I don't know why. Like, <laughs> why do people want that so much? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like old school is kind of a weird. It's just kind of a weird game, honestly. Like, it's. It started as just a reboot of RuneScape from a certain era, and now it's just a really odd amalgamation of random shit over the years that doesn't really... <laughs> it's not cohesive at all. Yeah. And, like, I just can't imagine approaching this game as a new player and, like, engaging with, like, Lumbridge and then making it to, like, Zaya Catacombs or even just, like, Below Ice Mountain, like... The art style is extremely different, and the content style is extremely different. There's there's just no like cohesiveness in, in like the identity of the game, and I think that that could have been accomplished by fewer higher quality updates, just less frequent changes to the game with more thought put into them, and a more um, coherent and pointed leadership from Jagex that uh, is very conscious of the preserving the experience of playing an old school game and making sure that the entire game has some cohesiveness to it. Um, I think that's what, what could have made the game the best that it could be. Not zero updates at all because the game would die, um, but just 
being a lot more conscious of what's being added and what's being changed in the game. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. And I think they actually have realized that. Now, of course, not every update is ever going to be perfect or ever what any one particular individual would really see as perfect, like a perfect update. But I do mm -hmm. agree in the early days, things were just kind of added and without much thought. Like Z when I think of just Zaya update, like what the fuck? Like what was that? Like just just adding a massive continent that looks like a square just big square like what yeah a lot of the early updates were really bad like they just had yeah. they had like four developers they had no artist they were just trying to make something out of nothing basically and it was very apparent like yeah. rooftop courses were so janky um nightmare zone is pretty shit content um <laughs> i feel like motherload was the first piece of content that actually had any any anything really to it but it was still you know pretty uninteresting yeah at least nowadays the content is a lot more uh developed yeah that's... um but that i think that comes comes with it, it feeling too new like it doesn't have the same old school feel the graphics are too good and like the content has too much complexity to it in a way yeah, I, I agree with that. But the thing is, is like there's just so many people that want the game to progress in that way and they have to kind of strike a balance because it's like just not every player is the same. But I do agree with you. Like the art style of things, everything just seems more bright and more like really tuned. I hate to say it, but Toontowny. Like just everything like just looks like really... I don't know what it is it's like the cartoony nature of like looking at stuff. I really like that old school vibe of just things looking medieval. Yeah. The simple like lower poly models just look better. I, yeah. I don't really like any of the new or very few of the new uh, like wearable items. I really like the like classic simple items from 2007 or earlier. Yeah. And, when... and the models too. I don't know. Just the art style it was so like simple and just quintessentially RuneScape, and I, 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 I don't know. I think it must be really hard to try to recreate that. So I don't blame them for like trying to make things look better objectively, but mm -hmm. it just—it's hard to make it feel like it fits fits into the game very well. Yeah, when I think of an, a really old school model, is chain bodies. Like mm. they nailed it with chain bodies, <laughs> just yeah, literally. Chain bodies are sick. I know, it's literally just a block. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they nailed. It. I would I would love to see like, I don't know if if any boss came out and they released a new like chain body. I would love it if they were to literally just release it as that with like a little bit of a a difference, just like, <laughs> but have it be really powerful. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, like the the D chain. DJ it's looks... like basically a chain body, but has like extra shoulder pads and like yeah. a little icon on the front. Like that, that I love that armor style. I love that. Yeah, it looks so good. It's just so like clean and simple, mm -hmm. but still awesome. Yep. Um. Yeah, they're gonna actually because I'm here fishing, uh, and I'm just noticing like this water texture and like the carpet just repeated over and over, <laughs> like that's going to probably change with sailing like and a hundred percent is going to change. I don't know what it's going to look like exactly, but that's, yeah, you're probably right. 
I'm okay with it. Um, I hope they don't go like too crazy with it where it looks like like Unreal Engine going on. <laughs> but I'm I'm kind of excited almost to see like what they do with that, even though it's going to drastically change the look of this game when you're by the ocean. Yeah, I, I'm pulling up the sailing blog they posted today because they had some like concept art pictures. And they do still have the old water texture on these. So maybe. But it, yeah, it would, I feel like this, the ocean would look a little bit too flat if it was like just that water texture as far as the eye can see. Yeah, they're definitely going to update it. And I, I would, I'm totally okay with that. I think it'll, I think it'll be fine if they update it and you can see like the ocean floor because they're talking about exploring coral reefs and stuff. So you got to mm-hmm. be able to see it. I would be a little bit sad, but I guess it's understandable. Yeah, I was talking to Sween and Aiza last week, and they had mentioned, like, what's going to be funny, and this is, like, always the charming aspect of old school, is when you just see those, those super old models still in the game, like those old chunky doors. Um, yeah, or, like, the um, the giant on the Fisher Realm <laughs> yeah. quest. Yeah, that I guy. love those giant models. Uh-huh. Just, the, like, the neck real legs, just blocks. <laughs> yeah. Um and they were like, yeah, inevitably there will still be that blue carpet around the game here and there, and you'll get to like mm-hmm. relive that nostalgia. So, I actually logged on to 2004 Escape today, which is like a pretty early development private server that Tanner Dino has been contributing to. And they have like the a lot of the game worlds. You can't really do much, but you can just walk around. And I was just like walking around the free-to-play map and seeing the old... You know, old Varrock, old Falador. Um, oh, man. All of that stuff. It's so cool. I don't know. The old Barbarian Village. I had kind of forgotten what it used to look like, but I spent a lot of time there when I was a kid, and it just looks so cool. Oh, shit. Yeah, that would... Dude, I don't know. If they were... To... I almost... If they were to come out with old school, old school, it would actually be kind of cool if it was like a 2004 version, like all the old original art. Yeah, it, it was really cool. Like... Best in slot. I mean, it's basically just like RuneScape Classic, but with room crafting and uh, updated graphics. Yeah. Like there wasn't much content added yet. <laughs> yeah. That's so when like, I started you... playing. So like that's that's my real deep nostalgia. Yeah, I started in 05 and then got membership in 06. So I started you know, playing members around like shortly after farming came out, I think. So I had never seen like I, I was walking by uh, the South South Falador farm. I had never seen it before the farming patch. There were just like picnic tables where the the farming patch oh, was. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's a cool little spot. That would be that would be real. I I don't know. Like the last time I even played, I remember logging into a private server. Like, must have been like seven years ago or something. And the thing that initially threw me back, like a huge nostalgia hit, was the back pathing. And I knew that, I think that was in original <laughs> old school as well. Yeah, it was. Just whenever you hit a new chunk, you just, dude, would have a little little spasm, basically, and <laughs> run backward remember, a little bit. <laughs> I remember Jebra making a video talking about, there was some strategy you could use to avoid backwalking. I don't remember what it was, but he made a whole video talking about it in like 2013 because he was doing Abyss RC. 
doing a lot of running oh it must have been based on like the the chunk tile of like hitting it perfectly or something i don't know i, I don't know how yeah, it maybe. worked but yeah yeah the most the most like impactful thing that i noticed from playing 2004 escape is when you can't adjust the zoom and you're only on fixed it makes the world feel a lot bigger because you like you have to use the arrow keys to rotate the camera and you just can't see very much like your <laughs> yeah. field of view is so limited um it makes you sort of remember what what the world map was designed for like now you can zoom so far out you can get insane draw distance you can zoom any map out so you're always seeing like you know black in the distance or whatever and it makes the map feel so much smaller than when you're playing like the way it was back then yeah i, I know what you mean you know what is also crazy that i never have like i never really use this much but in early old school at least like the first few years when you used to right click on a like on a tile and click walk here and then move your camera your guy would walk to a random tile that wasn't that tile it's like you're... now yeah. now we're pretty... <laughs> I remember when they changed that and it got like a bazillion upvotes on reddit or something oh that was amazing it was so good yeah, because it was just like, okay, well, I'm definitely not going where I just clicked after I moved my camera. Yeah, mm -hmm. they've they've made some pretty good changes. The only thing I'd really like to see, I know this wouldn't really affect you, is just because they have updated things that I never thought would be updated, like I almost just thought it was a limitation on the engine, is if they could get rid of the POH load time completely, like if that's even a possibility. It used to be like really slow. I remember when Mod Ash did like a huge improvement to poh load time and also like uh making so you can move rooms around and all that kind of stuff mm. it used to be like if you especially if you had a big house it would take like 30 seconds to load or something <laughs> it was like really slow Shit. yeah if if there was somehow that they could make it so there's absolutely no delay on it that would be in that would be a huge game changer i would love that yeah, especially for Iron Man. It's a lot of PUH methods, right? Yeah, tons of them. That would just be great. I think it's just like seeing the loading screen. It's just like, ugh, just feels sluggish. Like, move on. Mm -hmm. Kind of like world hopping. Yeah, yeah. If like, Imagine world hopping was instantaneous. Like, I know you can't can do be that. if you double hop. <laughs> yeah, that, but oh my God. I, I watched those Tanner Dino methods with it with him doing that i'm like that looks so stressful i've seen you're you doing that as well seems stressful yeah I, I did a little bit of double hot boneyard it was it's pretty difficult but it was kind of fun get pretty pretty high skill cap yeah i'm kind of concerned though because double hopping does not work if you switch to jagex account mm. um and right now there's separate hop limits for uh jagex account or jagex launcher steam mobile client all share a hop limit and then there's a separate hop limit for like vanilla client and normal uh room light not from launcher so basically you get double hop limit if you double hop using two different clients from the either side of those two so once we are switched to only being able to use launcher then your hop limit is halved and if they don't update how the launcher works then you just can't double hop at all because you can't load two clients from one account interesting 
Yeah. So it would be interesting to see if they got rid of that hop. Yeah, it would actually be like a it'd be a pretty big nerf for some free to play Iron Man methods. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if they'll make any changes there. If they did just make it so that hopping was faster, that would be like nice. Yeah, that would be even have that to would double be nice. Um all right. Connor asks, what's your opinion on the state of drop tables? What do you think of the direction of OSRS? Um, I think that, I mean, I haven't really paid much attention to more recent drop tables, but like, I feel like Zolro is the first drop table to get released that was like really crazy. I guess Wyverns were a pretty big update also when they changed that drop table. And those kind of set a precedent of like monsters slash bosses just shitting out skilling supplies, which I don't think is a good precedent. Um, I, I listened to the Hey Jace cast you had recently, and I think you guys talked about this, where he thinks it's a lot better to have a drop table like Corp, where mm-hmm. you make the uniques really rare and the average loot kind of bad. I guess God was Dungeon too. And I think I agree with that, because like the profit per hour on average is still the same, and it doesn't have as much of an impact on the rest of the game and and the like general economy. I I think it would be better if resources came from skilling more than from bosses. But you have to actually ban bots for that to exactly be good and they don't ban bots, so I know. It's actually such a freaking problem right now. It's so bad. There are yeah. so many bots right now. Yeah, it's really bad. Like and it seems like they're just kind of ignoring it. It really like, does no, seem they like never that. address it. I know it's really bad and like every time you try to address it it's like we're working on it but it's like you can literally say that for years and years and years and years like it's been said for years and years and years and years it's like it's just okay is is there ever gonna be a point where we start like really hammering on this because dude it's really bad like you see I'll go thieving and like literally every single world has a guy with like 150 mil thieving and all the rest of it's like no boss kills like one wood cutting one slayer one ever just like it's very clear this dude is just a straight up bot that's been at it for months and nothing's happened and they're everywhere everywhere and then what's even worse is i've started noticing bots that are not even 99 yet but you can start seeing the repetition of like all these accounts it's almost like they're like hacked accounts or something like that and it's just they're bots as well like they don't wear capes and they just do the same repetitive motion every time. And it's like, oh my God, it's just disturbing to see. And I think Connor is actually one of those players, the guy that asked the question, he was saying like, and I agree with him on this point. I've, I've even mentioned it, but again, going back to bots make this not a possibility is imagine if there was no such thing as noted drops from any bosses, <laughs> like noted you could only get noted items from a bank you know what i mean so like i think i would like that yeah it makes more sense from a lore perspective also exactly like what what is dropping noted like it's a monster yeah Um, i want to say that like old school original drop tables had very few or no noted items yeah, that's really old school. I mean, just look at Black Demons, like normal Black Demons. Like, that's a super old school mob. Yeah. But I guess, like, some monsters in the Stronghold of Security drop noted essence and stuff. So it's probably about when they started. That was, like, a 2006 or 2007 update, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think, like, minimally, that's fine. But I would be okay with them completely removing that. Can, like, just imagine. Because, I mean, then it would actually make mining pure essence, like, actually, like, a, a possibility. But, again, it goes back to, like, bots being an issue. You can't have this. You can't... If there was no... In a perfect world where there's no such thing as bots, skilling would be mad profitable. And, like... Yeah. Yeah, I think that bots are one of the most detrimental things to the the gameplay experience of anything. Yep, completely. It's, it's it's a real shame that they aren't doing more to fix the problem. I know. I and what worries me is that so many people just because nothing's really been done like they've they have never gone super hard against bots and so most people just accept it. And yeah. that inevitably leads to a worse gameplay experience. And like most people, I bet if we were to run a poll, like asking like, does the report button do anything? I bet like a majority of players would say, no, it doesn't even do anything because you never see anything happen when you report a player. Yeah. People mostly just get banned over like social media posts or whatever. Yeah. It's just pathetic. I wish they would do a lot more. I wish they'd put a bunch of resources into just getting rid. But the thing is like they make money from these bots. So yeah. they have very little incentive to do it if the player base is not out outright just freaking out about it. Yeah, I think that's kind of the root of the problem. But yeah, free to play is particularly bad. Like, uh, luckily, the methods I'm doing aren't really impacted by bots. But some people have been saying that like the mining guild is basically unusable. Oh. Every world is full of bots. Um, there are bot farms at a lot of different woodcutting spots and fishing spots and stuff. It's and really there's bad. Like no way of getting rid of that either because it's all free. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That's so bad. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. And then he also asks, like, what are your thoughts on the direction of old school? I guess that's like an overarching, arching, arching, arching theme, whatever I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, that's a broad question, but um, I don't know. Uh, to me, the direction of the game doesn't really feel very different than it did five plus years ago. Like, the direction has kind of always been away from old school, in my opinion. So, I, nothing in current day really worries me any more than stuff did in the past. It doesn't feel like it's getting worse, it's just kind of continuing on the same trajectory. At least it's not going like fast down like a certain hill i think it's like pretty steady like wh whatever direction it goes it's pretty steady i'm a little yeah. bit worried about the new prayer book and the new skill just i think yeah that's like healthy to be a little <laughs> bit concerned i think if i still cared about pay to play i would be too but luckily a lot of, being a free-to-play ultimate just shields me from a lot of that which that's is true for me and for my opinions on the game it's a good thing Okay. Um, Alfie asks, what's your most influential contribution to the skilling community? Um, well, 4G wasn't really a thing before me and AJ started doing it, so I think I wouldn't take any more credit than him, but the two of us kind of pioneered that method, and now it's... and since then it's become the standard. Um... What else? That's mostly. I mean, I guess like my my skilling guys back in the day probably got 
a lot of people to train skills more efficiently and stuff or exposed a lot of people to efficient skilling. I have a question about that. Do you still get views on those like old guides, like a lot of views? I don't know. Actually, I haven't really looked at them in a long time. I always like, <laughs> yeah, I, I just wonder because guides are like basically timeless. Yeah, that was my bread and butter back then for views <laughs> and gaining subscribers and stuff. Yeah. I don't think they get much views now, but I yeah, I don't really look at the, the metrics much. Interesting. They're extremely outdated, so hopefully yeah, people yeah, yeah. them. Yeah. Um, I was talking, I think it might have been Solo Mission or something like two years ago. I was talking to him and like, um, they're like, when you think of, uh, um, Slayer music, making all his quest guides. Yeah. And this is like two years ago. Apparently he was still gaining like 2 million views a month just wow. from his like quest guides. <laughs> like after not even yeah. uploading any, just nonstop getting just so many views. Like that, that's just genius to make quest yeah, guides. Quest, quest guides pretty big brain because they don't really get changed. Exactly. They're there forever. And now, I mean, nowadays like quest helpers like completely... Yeah, quest route, but destroying his revenue. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it's really cool. Like if you're known as, you know, Slayer Music, like every back then, like if you wanted to I, I mean I never used his guides, I would just use Rune HQ, but Yeah, I preferred text guides. I would use the wiki guides usually. Yeah. Unless I really couldn't figure something out. Yeah, that's that was just genius. But guides have always done really well. Um mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'd probably still have like 10k subscribers if I only ever made progress videos. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy how how that works out. Because yeah, when I see, because like you can see how many subscribers you gain from like videos. I've made a few oh, right. guides. I, like I made a Wilderness Slayer guide. Oh, I gained like, it, I mean, in relation to my other videos, like I, I gained at least like 500 subscribers from that one video. Just like wow. a, a Wilderness Slayer guide where like most of them, like a, a Sebe cast gains like, I don't know, like like a handful <laughs> you know mm -hmm. like just completely niche content relatively and maybe should make some more free-to-play iron man guys or something i <laughs> know <laughs> you should i mean i i've been like i just don't really it's just tough because it almost feels like the mar the market is extremely saturated when it comes to guides it feels like you're just like okay here's another guide for people but people still love it like they just love seeing guides for things all the time so yeah i remember like I mean, nowadays, not so much, but back in the day, you know, like 10, 15 years ago, I would still just like watch any video that a content creator I like would post, even if it was like a guide on something I already knew, because maybe I would pick up some little tidbit of information that I didn't know. And I was just like, wanted something to watch anyways. Mm. Actually kind of makes me happy. I mean, no, that was like 10, 15 years ago, but like, it's nice hearing that from some people, because like, I think... I don't understand what my what viewers necessarily want because I'm I'm such a niche YouTube viewer. I feel like I feel like I don't follow the grain of like what people want to watch. So in my head, I think, oh, like I don't want to make this because I wouldn't watch this myself, but a lot of people would enjoy it. Yeah, I think I kind of do the same thing where it's like I I don't really make guides anymore because they're like the gameplay that I engage with is very niche. So like, who's going to be searching for this guide? So it's probably not going to get much views or like be worthwhile, but mm -hmm. it's still like, I probably should do it. There'd still be some people who would like it. And even people who 
aren't going to actually follow the guide might still find it interesting. Yeah, I always love clicking on those like like the Tanner Dino methods. I, I will never yeah. do it, but I still am interested. It's just always cool, especially when it's like an efficient guide where you know the player is going to be just going sweat mode. Yeah. It's always fun to watch. I'm going to make some some videos about forestry or something. I don't know if I'll really do it on my main, but maybe I'll make a video about free-to-play forestry impact or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Alfie also asks, most useless skilling manipulation slash fact you know? Uh, uh. Hmm. Wasn't there something with like free to play pickaxes at one point? Did that get fixed? What oh yeah, there was there was a bug with free to play pickaxes where every pickaxe had a one in six chance to save a tick, and none of them did in pay to play. It was like some spaghetti code they had written where because the dragon pick didn't exist in free to play, somehow that effect got applied to every free to play pickaxe. <laughs> And it ends up just ruining, like, it was meant to be like, oh, this could actually just speed up things. No, it doesn't. It just ruins everything. Yeah, the issue, well, it made just, like, mining iron with a rune pick slightly faster because sometimes you would two-tick if you oh, could yeah. react uh, fast enough when you do two-tick. But it made it so that um, using an addy pick to mine rune essence, uh, using, like, the side-to-side two-ticking method, uh, if you rolled with a three tick with the addy pick, which was a one and six, then it wouldn't work. So it made it slower. Yeah. So it, that update made it so that runecrafting doing addy pick two ticking is faster. And it made it so that normal three tick mining with a rune pick was like marginally slower. Mm. But it was also just a bug that should have been fixed. Like it, it was something specific to free to play that was bugged. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, anything else? Um, useless information. Hmm. I can't think of anything useless. I don't know. I, I can only think of useful things. <laughs> I guess there's like a lot of random items you can three tick with that most people don't bother with because they're not as uh, streamlined. But like people used to three tick with van braces or um, even like most people use knife log now, but people used to use herb tar. Or also, people used to four-tick with a log on the floor. Like, you'd drop a log and then try to light it, and then you could four-tick with that. Oh, yeah. I did that for a bit. I think one of my... It's not even useless. It's useful, actually, if you're doing ham member pickpocketing. But that, that trap door with the ham logo on it, that thing can actually be tick-manipulated. It's like it's a real weird spaghetti oh. <laughs> code thing. And so what you'll do is, like, as you're running up to it, what what you can actually do is a um, use a chisel, and a and an oyster, and that starts a six tick cycle. <laughs> so you, so you so you have a little bit more like breathable room. So you start the action like multiple ticks before the trap door, and when you pick and then when you pick lock it, it's instantaneous instead of sitting there and like failing once and then opening it finally. Imagine six tick oystering for fishing or something. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> I remember going like really hard um, a few years back and I was just making like random skilling method videos trying to find like any possible way to 
you know, start like a two tick action rather. I, I have this method. It's like 2.5 S 2 S 2 G or sorry, 2.5 tick 2 S 2 G. And I, what I did is I suicided with two uh, piles of Karambwans, um and you would just eat the Karambwan to tick manipulate. So every time you move to a different rock, you pick up another, another Karambwan and then you eat it and then you can do a three tick and then a two tick, three tick, two tick, three tick, two tick. And it was, kind of an interesting method it was slower because you're not getting that double roll based on moving um but that was before we really understood the double roll mechanics how like you could speed up three tick four g significantly by dropping your orders quickly rather than on the same tick you're mining the rock and anyway i was just i was like man theory crafting wise like that would be so insane if just had this running alt that was just suiciding with ones underneath you and <laughs> just using those as like a new EHP method. I think I remember seeing something on the first round of the Runus Powers beta where there was some prayer that reduced eating delay and people were using that to like 2.5 tick or something mining. Oh, Did you shit. know if that prayer is still around? Yeah. Uh... Oh, shit. Now I can't remember if they scrapped it or not. I think they might have scrapped it, but they probably should <laughs> have some weird <laughs> impacts. I think that's, in I mean, that would be kind of interesting. I think uh, there's very few methods that that would actually help with because it wouldn't help with almost any mining method because, mm -hmm. well, there's already three tick 4G and you literally cannot beat that. I remember going around the game and trying to find anything that could beat three tick 4G and just can't be beat XP wise. Mm -hmm. So. I did think of one funny useless tick manipulation, which is uh, if you're fire making and you're, you're walking east, um, sometimes you will five tick fire make instead of four tick. And then in order to continue the fire making, if you like, if you continually walking east, then it basically just delays for a tick. So you have to click the log a tick earlier every time. And then once you break that cycle by going in a different direction, then you have to click the log one tick earlier. So you'll three tick fire make. And there are ways to... Uh, Tanner has made has a video of, I think, one tick fire making by doing some kind of weird movement stall or something. It's like, it's not something that you can sustain repeatedly, but for like for one log, you could delay it significantly and then the next one would be faster. Fire making is really weird. Yeah, it's, you know, what's really weird is if you're running west, uh, you've probably seen this, is like if you continually light on a four tick uh, cycle, your dude skips two tiles. Like your dude literally yeah. runs faster. Yeah, west fire making is fun. <laughs> it's crazy. I actually do kind of a lot of running around fire making on my free to play because I started doing some beginner clues recently and I usually fire make while I'm running around. Mm. And I just fire make like when I'm running between the fishing spot and the trees it's kind of fun yeah it's, it's always nice just like zooming going west. yeah <laughs> yeah and when you run east then you get delayed because it, what's happening is like the lighting the log force pushes you west yeah, either, yeah. Like, no matter what you're doing yeah i had a uh a nature room crafting method where i was doing fire making as well and like back then it was like it was actually, I think it was EHP, but like nobody's going to be lighting redwoods while you're running to the nature. It was like EHP for like Iron Man. Um, and yeah, there was some weird janky stuff that would happen when you're running east so much and diagonally like lighting these fires. 
Yeah, it'd be so cool if there was some method where you're running west and you could actually use that to speed it up. I know, I know, that'd be so cool. I remember trying to um, use that, like, jump, like, where you jump two tiles ahead running west. I remember trying, because I was thinking, I was like, dude, what if, like, there's some glitch where you could literally, like, go through a wall, you know, by just skipping two tiles. And I remember trying to do that. <laughs> I remember trying to, like, jump into Shiloh Village, like, using a fire making because like that wall is only one tile thick on some areas i was like imagine i could just like jump into shiloh village using this like west fire making trick because it was like gonna be some way where if i could do that i could get to the nature altar like super quickly yeah that'd be cool yeah it seems like they have that pretty well covered because like yeah. if you ever are west fire making and there's an obstacle then you just end up like walking or something instead mm -hmm. um first tick manipulation you ever did Probably snow or maybe like the four tick tree at Barb Lake. Who discovered that, that the tree method? I don't know. I think I saw Lelador doing it. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. He would be that guy. Um, proudest fitness slash lifting achievement. Uh, I guess my, my recent powerlifting meet set a new deadlift PR. I was pretty happy with that. What was it? I, I remember watching the video, but for those that maybe hadn't. It was 212.5 kilos, which is uh, like, like just shy of 470 pounds. Sheesh. That's crazy. And did you set a bench record as well for yourself? No, unfortunately, I tried, I tried to match my my bench PR at the meet and failed. So mm. yeah, bench has been a bit, a bit stubborn for me lately. I'm assuming you're not a leg uh, day hater. Are you? Not really. I mean, <laughs> it's tough, I'm, obviously, but I'm not a leg day skipper. It okay. is like harder. Yeah. More exhausting, but I still do it. See, I need, I need to get in. I want to, now that I've like built up a little bit of like, I don't know, a, a starting out physique where I could go to the gym and feel confident with stuff. Like I haven't, I haven't been to a gym still in like five and a half years. I've just all been like at home calisthenics and other like little weights, kettlebell and stuff. But I think it would be cool to like actually go to a gym and lift heavier because I can definitely tell my legs have kind of like maxed out with like the weight I have. Like I need to like actually push more weight in order to get them bigger. Yeah, it's, I think it's hard to train train legs after a certain point when you're doing more like calisthenic stuff. Yeah, the only thing I can do is like, because I have a 35-pound kettlebell. I have a 50 on the way. I finally just was like, I need to get a 50-pound kettlebell. But um, I'll just like hold like a leg squat and I'll just go until I'm literally be like up and down like squatting with that thing. But it just, it's not the same as just lifting very few reps of something super heavy. Yeah. Yeah, you should do it. Yeah, I go to the gym like a few days a week and then at home a few days a week or something. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking cuz I I used to go to the gym in college. I had a phase where I was like pretty fit, but then I lost it when I started streaming. Just completely got out of the habit. Mhm. Mm okay. Um all his last question is has self-diagnosing autism changed your outlook on things? Yeah, I would say it has. Um, I think 
the biggest change has been internal more so than seeing things differently or seeing like the world differently is just like being more uh, sort of compassionate with myself and uh, I think for a lot of my life I've been kind of hard on myself about certain things that I struggle with or limitations that I have and I think part of that was probably from external sources like things that I internalized as a kid um, but yeah I think it's helped me kind of reapproach a lot of aspects of myself that I've struggled with and sort of accept it more and I, I guess I, I try to find the the balance now between like accepting things about myself versus like still trying to change and improve and grow and stuff and it doesn't really feel like it's come at the cost of that like I still feel like I can improve myself and change things about myself but being able to have a bit more um, compassion for myself, I think, makes it easier. It makes it less burdensome and stressful. It's interesting because um, when so uh, when I came back home to Oregon, so I was living in Alabama for a few years, and then I moved back here. I've been here for a few months. Um, my dad was talking about like. He was kind of like in a joking way kind of talking about it, but he was se being serious as well about like how he's kind of autistic, <laughs> like mm. actually and uh, like unironically. And um, it was really interesting because I used to think of like my dad's quirks as like, I don't know, just it, it, there's something about it. And the, he was without going into like too much personal detail. It's like he was kind of mentioning about like some things he has, like where it's just kind of like an autistic thing that he does. And when he said that, I started like taking it more seriously. I'm like, cause I remember him kind of joking about him having autism. And now the more I've like actually understood and sort of have like replayed those moments in my childhood where like, it didn't seem like he, I think part of it is like, he never, it felt like I could never like really connect with my dad on a super emotional level. And I think that was part of like, um, what what he was experiencing with his autism and yeah. it's not like my dad is fully autistic or anything but he has like that little bit of just i don't even know how to describe it because i'm not like i'm not super educated on the on the matter but um yeah it's interesting when you start understanding somebody that maybe has a little bit of autism and you can actually be a lot more compassionate about things that would normally have irked you because I, I used to mm -hmm. blame my dad for a few different things that he used to do. And now I can, like, understand it more. And, like, like you said, be more compassionate. Yeah, I think it, it, it legitimizes things a lot for other people also, which can, you know, be beneficial in a lot of ways. I think something that I've learned from the whole experience is, like, you know, in, in an ideal world, we wouldn't need to you know, have a diagnosis of autism or ADHD or whatever else for people to give us that level of compassion. So in my life, I've been trying to sort of see everyone as an individual and see, you know, oftentimes my first reaction to something might be annoyance or whatever, but to take a step back from that and be like, you know, why is this person acting this way? Is this something that they're doing intentionally or is it something that they have a hard time controlling? Um, you know, is it really so bad or 
in the first place. I, I think it is a very useful way to reframe how you interact with other people, other people as well. And I think having this experience for myself has made me more compassionate for myself, which is very beneficial, but also more compassionate for other people. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's really cool to like be accepting of it and be like more accepting of yourself as well. Like that, that that's inevitably just going to be lead to a happier life. I think like more fulfilled, just understanding you know, the things that you struggle with more than others. Yeah. Is, it's, it's been a big, uh, growing up experience for me. I think like, I think a big part of getting older as an adult is just, or at least ideally should be being more accepting and open of people and their differences. Like when I was younger, I was, you know, more critical person, less, less tolerant of certain behaviors and certain types of people and that kind of stuff. And I think that's something that's changed a lot in the last few years for me. And I hope that I continue to grow as I get older. That's cool. Yeah, it was a, that was a cool video to watch as well. Just, I think that was uh, interesting. It was, it's just funny. Cause I think you had even mentioned in the video, like some people probably were already like, duh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, people called me autism allergy for a reason. <laughs> I probably, I, I mean, I, I took that test and, um, obviously I don't get like, there's some things clearly that are signs of it, but I think the overwhelming majority is of like the questions I answered put me not autistic, but I think anybody that can put 20,000 hours into a video game is some <laughs> level of, of, of autism. So, yeah, I think the, the proportion of people on the spectrum who are high ranked in RuneScape is definitely higher than the general population, but yeah. it's not a hundred percent. It's a strong correlation for sure. Yeah. That's interesting though, about your dad also, it's interesting to hear from like the other perspective. I I'm pretty sure that my dad is also autistic. So I personally sort of had a difficult time connecting with him emotionally growing up also, but I also sort of understood things like, he and I sort of had a, a weird connection. I guess now that I look back, sort of a weird autistic connection. <laughs> and it wasn't really that emotionally close, but we just sort of had an understanding. And now looking back with more clarity as an adult, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think that's really cool. It's It's cool, like, figuring out more about yourself and your own, like, family in a way, like, as you get older and understanding your similarities. Like I have two brothers and even though we all have our differences, we're very similar in a way. Like we're very like, I don't know, like we can be really extroverted in situations, but we are very, very homebody. Like all three of us, like we just want like our solitude. And I think mm -hmm. that honestly comes from our dad's side of like, like we got his genes of like being like really like sort of like a recluse almost. And just, I don't know. There's, there's something about it. It's hard to like explain fully into words, but I now can see a very high correlation of like my dad's characteristics with my brothers and me. Like we're, we're all kind of very similar in a certain way. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. It's funny cause me and I have a brother and a sister and all three of us are pretty different from each other. Like, me and my brother are close in age, so we spent a lot of time together growing up. So we have a certain 
like understanding of like similar interests and similar sort of culture, I guess, because we're we're so close with each other growing up in terms of like just stuff that we would do and things we were interested in. But he and I are like polar opposites personality wise, basically. Like he's a lot more extroverted than I am. He's like very impulsive. Um not the type of person to stick with the same thing for the long term. Uh very different political views from me and that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, actually I agree. Like my older brother, it sounds exactly like you're is he older than you? Or younger yeah he's, he's like a year and a half older yeah my brother's two years older than me and literally exactly what you said is like the exact same but there's still like a core thing about mm. us that makes us very similar in a way but i totally agree. like he can't play runescape he thinks it's he loses his attention like and he's very like um not very narcissistic but he's like way more narcissistic than i am <laughs> and uh, yeah but like there's a benefit to being narcissistic in a way like if it's a if it's a little bit you know it can lead you to success in the real world if you just have a big ego and you know kind of carry that because it can give you a lot more opportunities in life people you know unfortunately or fortunately love like a narcissist as like a leader it's true yeah so um but yeah i think there's like a deep down thing that kind of connects us a little bit more but yeah, and yeah. different political views entirely. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. Oh, this is kind of a good question. I guess it kind of relates as well. Paydirt asks, what do you think it is about OSRS which feeds an itch within you? Uh, I mean, at this point, I think it's just because I've played this game so long. Nothing else could ever... Uh, give me the same thing that runescape does it's just not possible there's no other game that is the game that i've been playing for 20 years or whatever um but i think what keeps me playing is that i just really like skilling and i like the insane goals that you can go for like that's what keeps me logging in every day is gaining xp climbing ranks looking at the high scores do you think having like self-diagnosed yourself makes you accept your enjoyment of skilling more? Like, yeah. 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 I think so. Like, yeah, it might be something that is harder to understand for people who aren't autistic, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I think RuneScape scaling is, has always been my special interest. I just have always loved it. I've always been obsessed with it. And for a while, I kind of, like, was embarrassed about it and uh, would try to downplay how much it mattered to me and stuff. But now I'm just like, fuck it, dude. I fucking love RuneScape <laughs> skilling. And, like, I don't care what people think. And I love that, it, dude. I want it to be a part of my life. Fuck yeah. I love that. That is cool. And just getting older, you just can just be yourself more. You don't have yeah. to yeah, care exactly. about other people's opinions as much. Yeah, huge benefit of being in your later 20s. I've started to give less of a fuck. Yeah, and you're just like, you know, you got a job that's... I'm a, uh, How is your job, by the way? Do you, love, do you like it? Yeah, my job's pretty good. I'm pretty content with it. Yeah, I think, like, the more 
that's going for you in your life, it's easier as well to not care about what others think. When things are not going well, it's way harder to not care about what other people are thinking about you all the time. Yeah, that's true. It, it, it's also easier for me when I know that like I'm satisfying a lot of sort of like standard social societal expectations, like having a job, making decent amount of money, like being in good shape, so on and so forth. Like I, I can say that I have all of those things going for me. I'm not just like a degen neat. Not that I think that there is inherently something better about that, but that is what society thinks as a whole. Yeah. Um, okay. Urashai asks, was there ever any PVM or PVP content you enjoyed or was it always just a means to an end? Um, I, I did think Solra was fun. Like the mechanics were pretty engaging and it took a while to try to, to like be doing really good Solra kills consistently. I hadn't, I hadn't really tried much newer PVM, but I imagine there's some content that's kind of similar to that i think the reason i don't really get into pvm is just because it doesn't have the same linear progression and i guess nowadays there are high scores and stuff for it which is kind of cool but yeah i was never really into like the rng goals and um i also don't really like having to do group content and a lot of pvm is better in groups or, like, if you want to do it efficiently, you have to use boosters or something like that. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess we'll talk about polling. Duck Chris asks, who should be able to vote on OSRS polls? And I guess just your take on polls in general. They have made a mm -hmm. few changes lately, lowering the threshold from 75 to 70. Yeah, I, I really don't understand why they lowered the threshold because everything already passed. Like, what was the point? <laughs> everything everything passes now, everything passed before. I think they should have raised it, make it like 80 or 85, I don't know. Mm. But I don't know. I It's a tricky question. I don't think there's any good answer, but I don't think that the polling system works very well. But you would would you rather it stay in the game than be taken out? Uh, I don't know. I mean, at, at this point, polls just feel kind of insignificant. Like, Jagex comes up with ideas, they propose it to the community before it makes it to a poll, they gather feedback. I mean, part of the reason that everything passes is probably because they, they don't pull stuff before they think it's going to pass. So it's really only like a handful of questions where it really actually matters whether they poll it or not. True. Um... I don't know. I mean, I don't really, I don't really trust the community at large to make good decisions about the game that are going to be good for the integrity and longevity of the game. But the issue is that Jagex doesn't really have a good track record with that either. So <laughs> it's like pick your poison. Yeah. Yeah, I think I don't know. It's nice to have that polling system still, like just almost as like a last resort like if something's seriously bad like we can at least i don't know it's not really necessarily the polling system it's just the fact that there is a polling system and they they are really aware of what's being posted on social media and stuff because if something's a really bad idea we will freak out about it yeah so that's a good thing rather than them just literally adding stuff into the game and be like what the fuck did you just do yeah it's i mean it's good they at least listen to the community in the past, 
there definitely were times where they didn't like before old school. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're wrapping up to the end of these questions. Uh, some of them are kind of related to others. So I'm, I've skipped a few, uh, but Jamathy asks, how do you deal with Reddit? Or do you think about it a lot? I know your views on game integrity usually grind against other, against their views, and sometimes they can that can get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I for the most part, I just stopped looking at the old school RuneScape Reddit like, many many years ago, because uh, I it just like would put me in a bad mood when I looked at it most of the time. <laughs> so I was like, this isn't worth it. So I still barely ever look it's really just if i'm curious what people are saying about a specific post like uh, like blog post or whatever or like somebody links me something so i mostly just don't really engage with it that much okay do you think twitter well i don't know do you feel occasionally that you are alone in your um desires for the game and your view on what what would be good for the game um not alone, but it's always been very clear that I'm in the minority. And I think that the the percentage of the player base that really cares about the old school feel and all of that has dwindled over time. Because I think a lot of them have just stopped playing or kind of forgotten what the game used to be like. Interesting. Would you, would you vote if there was? I doubt there will, but if there was... Um... A poll or something to release old school old school would you vote yes and would you yeah. play it why not um i'm not sure if i would play it maybe i would some maybe i'd get addicted i don't know i think that if i did play it i would just do like mining agility and room crafting probably mostly just mining and agility um because i don't know mining mining back then was just so cool because you literally could not AFK the skill in any way, shape, or form. Like it was one click for one XP drop. Yeah, it was just yeah. such a awesome skill back then. I miss that. So it'd be pretty cool to do that. And like Dorgish Con agility, I love that chorus. I'd love to do more of that. Um, I runecrafting. I would like maybe do some RC to make money for doing Dorg because you need energy pots. But I imagine. People would be using runners and alts and stuff, so I don't know if I'd really want to train it long term. But yeah, it would be cool to just like go back and be a snowflake account and just train the a few skills that I like really loved back then. Nice. Yeah, I would definitely be playing that. I would. Uh, I th I think I would focus on clue scrolls because there's only easy, medium, and hards. Or level one, level two, level three, close girls at that point. Yeah, and, and there wasn't so much crap on the tables. Like this, yeah. these tables these days just so convoluted with all this garbage that nobody wants. <laughs> I think it would be fun because everyone's a main, so you don't have to deal with Iron Man. You can trade everybody, and yeah. I would just like try to collect third age. I think that would be like my my calling in that game. I'd still skill a lot as well. I think it'd be fun to like. Yeah, that'd be cool. And, and I think one of the cool things that they did release old school old school is like there wouldn't be as prevalent of a bot issue because most players wouldn't be playing it. In fact, that's like everybody says, no, if there's an old school, old school, I wouldn't even play it like that. Like, why even bother? It's like that would also be one of the appeals is that there wouldn't be as many bots because there wouldn't be as much incentive to even bot on there. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. I just think it would be like a really cool, like small community of like purists <laughs> that just want to play like just get the, uh, like a guarantee that there will be never that there will never be any updates and that you will still ban cheaters and ban bots and ban or fix bugs. But like, that's it. Just no updates. I'd love yeah. to play that. That'd be fun. It would be fun. I think it'd be cool. And there's not really much, much to lose. Like the worst that happens is it just only has a small amount of concurrent players and they only keep a few worlds online and that's that. It's yeah. sort of like, you know, dead man mode or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's not like, I don't think it would really have the potential to have any negative impacts. Yeah. So. And especially if there's literally like the, the whole point of it is no updates because it would take like hardly any dev time besides literally just fixing bugs and that's it yeah um, yeah i would i, I would people love people usually say they're worried about it like splitting the community or whatever but they also think that it'll be dead so like, exactly if it's gonna be dead then it won't split the community much exactly I, I actually think a lot more players would play it if it actually came out i think people would like don't want it to come out but if it were to they would actually play it because that would be so exciting a fresh start of something that most players yeah. find nostalgia for everybody th would probably quit a month in but they'd come back yeah. eventually. like i think does. it would be about the same as original old school release where very popular at first and then six months later it's pretty quiet and that's probably how it would stay unless they made any changes i would love that oh my gosh i would freaking love that all right. Um, okay, so I guess I'll just ask you uh, any goals or any uh, things you're looking forward to in the next couple of years, whether it be RuneScape related or fitness related or just IRL career wise or I don't know, streaming or YouTube related goals that you have for the upcoming years. Well, I'm, I'm really excited and motivated to finish the 200 mils that I'm working on on my free-to-play account. It'll be, I'll, I'll be really satisfied if I stick it out and finish these all in one go. And I also has a, a longer-term goal when I go for one bill XP on this account. If I finish all these 200 mils, it'll be pretty close. But yeah, I would love to have over one bill XP on a free-to-play ultimate. It'd just be sick. But a long term, I just want to keep playing this account consistently and just keep gaining XP and see how far I can take it, because it's basically endless in terms of EHP. It'll never get 200 mil all, so it has the potential to be like a very high ranked EHP account in the in like the distant future. I keep playing it because a lot of other accounts just end after a certain point. Hell yeah, and the IRL and stuff. IRL stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to keep working and saving money. Um, I think me and my girlfriend might move outside of my home state, which I've lived in for my entire life in the next like year or two. So I haven't totally decided when or where, but are you able to move uh, wherever are you? Cause you just work from home. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. I work from home full time. So I, I would maybe switch jobs depending on this, the situation. Like, We've considered moving to the West Coast, and so then my hours would be kind of weird because my meetings would be at like 7 a.m. or something. Um, Dude, you should come to so, Oregon. I, I've thought about that, too. It's on it's on the list. Oregon's we beautiful. I love it here. Yeah. I, 
I'm definitely interested. My my girlfriend uh, is worried about it being too cloudy and rainy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. There's, it. I mean, obviously, like the winters are longer, but they're never like aggressive. They're just like pretty overcast for the winters. But summers are beautiful. Like it has, there hasn't been a cloud in the sky for like the past two weeks straight. I mean, it's just been flawless weather, and that's usually most like springs and summers are just absolutely beautiful but they are it is longer overcast during the fall and winter for sure yeah for me i kind of mind that i kind of like cloudy weather but yeah my girlfriend really likes to have sunny weather not that it's like super consistently sunny in boston but like if we move to somewhere in california it'd probably be a lot sunnier Mm, yeah well cool um All right, I guess uh, we'll kind of wrap things up. I'll ask you for three shout-outs from the community. Anybody? uh, All right. I did not think about this in advance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I think I shouted out last time, but I got to shout-out Tanner Dino again for just being a beast in the free-to-play Iron Man scene. Someone to always chat about efficiency stuff with. Um. Hmm. Who else? Shout out to Five Ent. That guy's a beast. Probably isn't gonna hear this or ever really interact with the community, but he's rank three free to play ultimate, and his account's just crazy. Obviously, the people above him have a crazy accounts too. Um. I guess shout out to Min Level Skilla too, because he is also an insane account and also is like very active in the free-to-play community really just in cc not anywhere else but he's like always typing in 385 which is cool that's cool hell yeah keeping the the free-to-play game strong i love it it's it's nice having those pillars you know keep yeah keep keep things interesting and fun um all right so thank you caleb for your time today this was really fun this is nice I, i enjoyed it yeah, me too. Thanks for having me. Uh, guys, down in the description, we will have Autumn Elegy's Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. Anything else you'd like linked? I think that's all. Okay, perfect. Guys, go go drop them a follow on the socials for me. And also, if you guys would want to support the cast, there's a Patreon link down there. And um, also, if you guys didn't know, the all of these podcasts are on Spotify and other podcasting platforms so choose your favorite player and it's most likely on there and uh yeah be sure to give it a five-star rating (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah thank you very much caleb and next week guys we will we will be having a duo cast with potato hime and sid o two old school streamers they'll be on at the same time very much looking forward to that cast um so yeah if you guys want to offer topics for that cast follow me on twitter down below as well and yeah catch you in the we'll catch you guys in the next one peace bye
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.